Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geek Explained Book Club, where every single Friday, I, alongside my amazing friends, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Brian Michael Bendis, Mark Bagley, Trevor Harrison, Mark Brooks, Stuart Inaman, David LaFuente, Takeshi Miyazawa, and now Rafa Sandoval's Ultimate Spider-Man. This week, we are doing an Ultimate Spider-Man interlude. That's right. You haven't seen an interlude since season one, baby. <laughs> we are now diving into a little uh, a little side story that's happening parallel to our current events in Ultimate Comic Spider-Man. This is the Ultimate Doomsday Trilogy, comprising of three stories, Ultimate Enemy, Ultimate Mystery, and Ultimate Doom. And I am joined by the only two men who I would trust to stop me if I ever decided to partner up with an interplanetary interdimensional alien force to take over the world. First off, he's going through some ch ch, -ch changes It's Malcolm Russell Nelson. Ooh, I'm sexy again. My God, what a you're, twist. You are always sexy in every thanks, single babe. rock formation. Oh, thanks, babe. <laughs> and he's the clone with the mostest. It's Jacob Brown. Ah, don't say my name three times and watch out for the belly button. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, I don't even know what that was. Uh, that was awesome. We're talking Ultimate Doomsday. This is an interesting uh, little side story. This is written by Ryan Michael Bendis, art by Rafa Sandoval. And as Malcolm has been alluding to, this is tying up some loose ends from, uh, from last... Yeah, last session where we talked about mm -hmm. our boy, the ultimate Nova, Rick Jones. Rick Jones, mm -hmm. bitch. And <laughs> I wish I wish that he had done that. I think it would be really cool if he just like every time he appears, he's like, Rick Jones, bitch. And then yeah, if any him. version of Rick Jones, it would be ultimate Rick Jones. I actually think 616 Rick Jones would totally do that. <laughs> he busts in his awesome. A-bomb. It's Rick Jones, bitch. It's Rick Jones, bitch. <laughs> That's his it's clobbering time. Yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely what he would hey, do. Mom. And speaking hey, of mom, it's clobbering time, our favorite moment from the seminal classic fan four stick. This is not just a Spider-Man story. This is a fantastic four story. This is hot off the heels of Ultimatum. This book, if anything, from the stuff that we've covered so far in this half of the uh, Ultimate Spider-Man read through, is the most affected by ultimatum and shows us the most about yes. a post ultimatum world yes because it's showing us the wider universe not just the inside of the parker household with all of its mm -hmm. all of my children twists and turns but the biggest question that i have and i think it's the most important question to ask about this story what is kitty pride doing on the cover she's I, not I, in the story i know, I know. why I is know. she here I know. <laughs> they tease me after yeah. saying, okay, Kitty Pride's gone. She's she's gone off to the Ultimate X-Men book. And then they put her smack dab on this first cover, and then she's not in the story. She's not in the story. I What's know. What's the deal? It's so weird. It's it's such a weird choice. I so that's the thing, because I was I was trying to figure out like where exactly this takes place alongside like Ultimate Spider-Man. Right. And I would imagine it has to take place right before kitty leaves like in the last volume 
It has to be like right after issue eight yeah. and right before issue nine. <laughs> just this entire trilogy is just, just a really rough day, just wedged right in between those yeah. two. Like it, yeah. it has to, because it doesn't make sense otherwise. But it also kind of would make sense that takes place after Kitty leaves because then Kitty's gone. And so that's why she's not here. Because she would mess up Reed's plans right away. Yeah, she oh, she yeah. would be a non-starter in the story. She's yeah. like, okay, we're all done. It, she would be it, phasing through the, all of these like enemies and stuff like that, right? Like all everything would have yeah. just been like bursting and stuff. Yeah, breaking down. Mm-hmm. You would think she was a multiple Emmy nominee because she's Ellen bursting all over the place. <laughs> ooh, ooh, that was right up to the line of being a stretch, but I really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, this is this is an interesting story too. Like we said, it's comprised of three stories: Ultimate Enemy, Ultimate Mystery, and Ultimate Doom, which set up this big mystery on who's behind this plot, what's going on with certain characters, and also setting up something that I actually know a lot about. Malcolm hinted at last week. He said, "Once you figure out what the story is, it's going to be something you're familiar with." And I had no idea what he was saying right yeah. up until we got to Ultimate Doom. Yeah. And Once you get to that last issue of Ultimate Mystery, and then you're like, oh, shit. I'm like, oh, this that's is the what maker's this origin is. this whole time. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get to it because I had some very uh, incorrect misconceptions about the uh, timeline of this ultimate marvel universe so <laughs> we're gonna get into it but i'm i'm excited to talk about the story and honestly after last week i was excited to get away from yeah. the main S- spider-man, spider-man stuff for a little yeah. bit and yeah. this helped out a lot because again this is more a fantastic four story than this is a, big a fantastic four story than <laughs> a spider-man story and it kind of reaffirms that whether we like it or not, all of the good things that happen in the Ultimate Universe come from Bendis in some form or fashion. Uh-huh. So I'm very excited about this. Let's dive in. Ultimate Enemy is our first tr- is our first uh, four-issue part of this trilogy. And it picks up with our girl, Jessica Drew, front and center. That's been the big thing. Eric, yeah. can, I, can I request something? You can request whatever you want. You're I need you to have a drop for her. You know how you have the girl who walks through fire and the girl okay. who tracks? I need you to have some kind of drop for Jessica Drew. So in the course of this episode, think of what that would be. Okay, I'm going to think about it. I'll think right. about it. I, the only thing I could think of was, if, if, if I may, do it like you. Please, yeah. please. The girl who webs from her fingers. Which is kind of creepy. It's a little creepy. It's a little creepy. But I mean, she does web from her fingers. So, like, that's for all our she that's does. for all our bondage fans, listeners out there. That's basically <laughs> what that's for. Which I guess is now as good a time as any. Um, our this episode is sponsored by Adam and Eve. Uh, <laughs> make sure you plug in the code uh, Darkest Malcolm. Plug uh, in the code Darkest Malcolm for thirty uh, percent off. <laughs> Or 69% off if you make two purchases or more. <laughs> yes. Big thank you for to Malcolm for making that connect with Adam and Eve. Yeah. Um, oh if you don't know God, what Adam and Eve good. is, just look up Adam and Eve. I would, uh, I would say it's a nine-inch thank you. <laughs> so part one Limp. of 
<laughs> ultimate enemy starts off with Jessica Drew, the ultimate spider person in general, Woman. I think. Oh, just yeah, she's just the greatest. Across. Like, I mean, again, one of the greatest costumes in comics. One of the greatest costumes in comics. One of the greatest character setups in comics. Mm-hmm. Anyone who knows me knows that I have a special spot, spot in my heart for the spider clones. Mm-hmm. Especially a certain spider clone. And mm-hmm. essentially, she is the ultimate version of that, of that specific spider clone. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. again, I said it before. If we had set up that Peter Parker got killed and Jessica Drew took over the Spider-Man book, I would not have been bothered. No, that yeah. would have been pretty cool. Would yeah. not have been bothered. Um, there's cool things coming for that character after, after, after death of ultimate Spider-Man. Really? Oh, wow. There are interesting things. She is, she is in a very different position and a very good writer takes up stuff with her. Doesn't do a lot, but I do appreciate what he does with her. Cool. So that's a little tease for you. Looking forward to that then. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, Jessica Drew. Doing her thing, hating rocks on. That's what she does. Mm-hmm. And apparently, someone else does too, because all of a sudden the uh, the building explodes into this the blob, Cronenberg, <laughs> Rick and Morty nightmare. <laughs> yeah, like this is horrifying. I love it. I think it's su- what a surprising like page turn. We yeah. just have this internal monologue of like, yeah. man, Roxxon sucks. They're up to everything. I'm gonna find out what Roxxon's up to. I'm gonna, and then everything just goes to shit. <laughs> and then just the <laughs> building explodes. And it becomes a Roland Emmerich movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, okay then. Which is kind of what this entire book feels like. It kind of feels like a Roland Emmerich. You're like not wrong. Yeah. But like in a fun way. Like it, yeah. it's pretty fun. This is like if he took over like a Fantastic Four movie and yeah. like did this. Like this definitely yeah, it feels, feels like, like a um, uh, Blonde Camp movie. Like a. Uh, yeah. Like a I can Sector, see that. Sector 9 or whatever that movie yeah, was. District 9. Mm-hmm. District 9. Yeah. I can see that. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's his only good one. <laughs> and so Jessica Drew immediately jumps into action because she is the ultimate spider person and immediately goes in to start saving the scientist who she was just spending the last page hating on and she goes in there she saves everybody but the building is absolutely just demolished and it is extending out into the nearby buildings meanwhile we come upon the home of one Dr. Reed Richards, who is a bum. He's just bumming it on his parents' couch. Uh, Ultimatum has not been kind to this poor boy. No. Hasn't been kind to the Fantastic Four at all. In they general, entirely right? Entirely broken up. They are disassembled. Uh-huh. If you want to get into a uh, classic Marvel phrasing. That is exactly it. But as they, uh, as his parents, especially his dad, who just seems like a real dickhead yep. uh he's the kind of guy who would walk up behind reed and go it's clobbering time and just wallop him upside the yes. head <laughs> yes <laughs> um there is a little beep on reed's computer that says energy fluctuation detected and as they get a knock at the door the house explodes which i was immediately like what just happened yeah wait wait what uh seemingly killing Reed and his family. Uh, back in the Baxter his Younger siblings. And his, that's right. Everyone's dead. 
his two younger siblings. Yeah. This is, I mean, we, we already talked about it just a little bit, listener, uh, about the maker of it all. But this is the greatest bit of misdirect, is that you do this page five of this book, and yeah. then yeah. way later and you realize, like, what's going on? You're just like, holy shit. Holy shit, he's a bad guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially because, like, his younger sister gives me mad, like, Molly Hayes from The Runaways vibes. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the younger brother gives mad chase. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. You're not wrong. (laughs) Um, Yes. We cut to the Baxter building where uh, Susie Q, Sue Storm, is surprised to find Benjamin Grimm decked out in the best ultimate military uh, garb that you can find. Kind of cool. I love it when he the kind thing of looks cool. <laughs> we, we've been cool. very critical several times on this book club podcast about the military industrial complex, especially how it's used in the superhero genre. Yep. But Ben Grimm does look pretty spiffy in a uniform. Ben Grimm looks fucking cool. Like, <laughs> I, I hate it, but it's cool. <laughs> ben Grimm in a shirt. I that that's what it is for me. It's like anytime the thing wears clothes, it's my favorite thing. It's, <laughs> it's my favorite thing. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Whatever. Oh my god! Every time you see him in like a suit. Oh yes. Geez. Oh and, geez. But, but still it's no shoes. Great. But still no, no shoes. shoes. Oh, I love it. I love it. You god, would think that Grimm. they would like with how keyed in they'd be like, oh, he's he's got to be at least like Shaq's shoe size. Yeah. Oh, he's got to be bigger than that, yeah. right? Thickness. He's got to be like, at least at least. Do you think, do you think, like, size-wise, he would be, like, a Shaq size? Larger? I think he's got to be bigger. I think he's got to be about, Shaq's like, huge. seven foot. Shaq yeah. is huge. Like, I I ran into someone who was, what was it, 6'10", the oh, other man. day at my Are they job, okay? And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's gigantic. <laughs> Listeners, for context, if you if this is your first time or I haven't mentioned it, I think I have before. I'm five foot five inches tall. Is he five four five five? Okay. I'm okay. five five, and to see a man who is at least a foot and a half taller, a foot and a half above you, I yeah. was flabbergasted. That's pretty wild. And Shaq's what? Easily seven foot. I was gonna say I think seven he's like one. yeah, he, he's got to be about Ben Grimm height then. Yeah. So yeah. like that's gigantic. Yeah. Um. But Ben is there because uh, he has a confession to make. Okay. Guys, this is good, right? This was incredible. This, this is, is kind of incredible. Yeah, this was like, th- from here on out, th- this is just a Fantastic Four book, to my opinion. And, and Spider-Man guest stars. Because <laughs> I've wanted this. I've always wanted this. A bit. I have some issues with it. Okay. But... I think for this adaptation specifically, yeah, makes all the sense in the world. That's the yeah. thing. I think for the ultimate stuff, yeah, yeah. I'm 100. Like if this was six on six, I wouldn't be into it. Yeah, like, yeah. I I don't think that works. But especially for like in any other version, I think it works. But especially for ultimate, yeah, I'm 100 percent into this. I think this is this is magic. This is well, genius. and it's interesting too because they hint they hinted at in the original like Lee. Uh, Lee Kirby mm-hmm. run that Ben had these feelings for mm-hmm. her, but never really like acted on them. 
But in a way that, you know, like in the Lee Kirby X-Men, everyone wanted to fuck Gene, including Xavier. So, so yeah. you know, <laughs> it was really a bit just of grossness hey, was there. one girl there yeah. and everyone's into that one girl except for her brother. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and as we've seen in the Ultimate Universe, that's not even off the table. That's not going to stop anybody. <laughs> gross. But gross. I think it makes the most sense. For me, I think Reed and Sue are just so, they're such a pillar they're in my game. mind, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's like anyone in their right mind going like, "Well, yeah, Lois and Clark should be in love with different people." I'm like, "What?" Objectively, you're wrong. What? Like that? That's they're the kind of people who are like, uh, it, "It should be Superman and Wonder Woman. They're a much better couple than Lois." That's gross. Him and Lois. Yeah, that's gross. It's bad. It's like, what are you? What are you doing? Everyone watch Justice League and JLU. Yeah. Anyway. But in this uh, in this context, <laughs> you would be too. Me too. <laughs> I mean, one of the greatest moments in animation. You Jesus Christ! I have never been like so jaw jaw dropped the entire time watching that. <laughs> By the way, and this is something that's going to come uh, into play in the main podcast a couple weeks from now. You know what I found out? That's not the first time that song shows up in the DCAU. I had heard that before, but I don't know really? when else it would be. It's in Batman versus Mr. F- Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero. Is oh, it? Oh, yes, it's it is. It's playing on the radio when uh, Barbara's roommate gets the call find, trying to find out where she is. Oh, it's yeah. On the radio. Oh, that's fucking cool. But it's the original oh. version of the song. That's cool. That's really cool. I was watching it, and I was like, wait a goddamn minute. Rewound it and listened for it. Controversial take. Uh, Sub-Zero is my favorite of those Batman the Animated Series movies. Controversial take. It just might be. It's It's the best one. And I know everyone says Mask of Phantasm. I know everyone says like whatever the other one is, right? There's no one more. But Uh, I I think Sub-Zero is the best uh, one. I think you're referring to Mystery of the Batwoman. With the oh. greatest, betcha never, betcha you never. Gotta, you gotta love Kelly Ripa. I mean, you gotta love I mean, you have Ripa. to. I completely forgot she was in that movie. That's <laughs> all of this is going to be covered in another yeah podcast episode. But I'm like, uh, Sub Zero is the best. It's it's fantastic. It has the best Barbara Gordon voice. Yes, out of, out of the yes! three that are in that in the DCAU. You mean Tara Strong? Is no. Oh no, it's somebody. Yeah, it, Tara it, Strong it, doesn't show up until uh, New Batman Adventures. Until New That's Batman it. Adventures, yeah. Oh, you mean? Oh, you mean in Sub Zero? Sorry, I thought you. I thought you were still talking about the mystery of the Batwoman. Um, mystery of the yeah. Batwoman. Uh, the, that sequ- I like that sequel just for the. I wish they took more care with it instead of making it a direct um, DVD. Yeah. I wish they made a theatrical mm-hmm. release of that. That would have yes. been like. That would have been actually fun. Th- th- there were a lot of things that were supposed to happen with that movie that didn't yeah that movie but back to spider-man more importantly in this instance the fantastic four a confession uh, ben Grimm absolutely pours out his heart to sue and she cannot respond she is in shock and as we see as ben is walking away we'll uh we'll panel we'll plate pops right off of him okay so real quick thing because you guys didn't read ultimate power please explain this but this is the thing that has been happening for a while so ultimate power is the big uh ultimate universe and squadron supreme from jms's supreme power universe crossover and it starts off because this happens 
because in a battle with the Fantastic Four and the Serpent Society that we saw last volume, our favorite, uh, the Serpent Society, in, in a battle between them, a bunch of uh, sorry for the parlance, a bunch of Ben Grimm's rocks get knocked off. Um, and Reed is trying to figure out what's going on there. And that's what starts that whole entire thing. So this has actually been a thing that's been happening for a while. Interesting. Losing plates. They and it looks gross underneath. It looks gross underneath. It's like it's, it's like the underside of a scab. Yes. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. like, uh, yeah, it's gross looking. And uh, as uh, Sue is just stunned, he walks away. He's like, look, I just want to tell you. And he goes to leave, leaving Sue alone in the room. And then the same attack on uh, the Roxham building happens on the Baxter building. Grim immediately leaps into action, but gets knocked through several buildings, yeah, which is my maybe. favorite thing that Ben Grimm does, getting knocked <laughs> then, through buildings. And then the reveal <laughs> that what was he wearing underneath that uniform? Of course, his Fantastic Four gear, baby. Yes. <laughs> because of course my he was. Dude. Because the moment that Sue would say, I love you too, he was going to rip that off and show I'm Fantastic Four till the day I die. And then say it's slobbering time and then give her a big old smooch. <laughs> uh, welcome to the porn part of this uh, podcast. This is, uh, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't call it. Call it. We haven't gotten that yet. We, we haven't gone. We haven't gone under the belt yet. That. I think we should just call it. Uh, it's now slobbering time with Malcolm Russell. That's that's what it is. Okay, so there we below go. the belt has time. now become it's slobbering time. It's been rebranded. Russell <laughs> It still has legacy numbering, but it's been rebranded. It's, it's been rebranded. <laughs> this is this is Ultimate Comics. Ultimate uh, Comics slobbering time. <laughs> Ultimate Comics slobbering time. Oh uh, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, we cut in on what looks to me to be General Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, um, but like super yeah. tweaked out. <laughs> so General Thunderbolt Ross, and nice. he gets attacked by no, no joke. Something. I thought this. I thought this. I I made a joke in my head when I saw this character. I was like, eh, wouldn't it be funny if this was like the the uh, the white Nick Fury? That would be really funny. <laughs> <laughs> that would be real funny. Well, this mysterious her. old man with a mustache gets attacked by Major Force and is yeah. revealed to be Nick Fury. <laughs> Damn in it. disguise what <laughs> man man can't have a meal he just shouts out which i love <laughs> i love it ultimate nick fury is so cool and he's written by bendis he's and also like, by everyone the worst else. he's also the worst at all times regardless of who writes him when he's written by bendis no he's purposefully a bad person under no bendis, I, remember i know we <laughs> yeah, talked about this i know i was trying to retcon it for everybody you can't he's retcon. Kind of the in this too <laughs> This is an ultimate comics geek explain book club. We know what we're doing with our continuity here. Yeah. So ultimate and me too. Uh, <laughs> we see Spidey and Human Torch probably on their way to school because that's what teenagers do, I guess. Mm -hmm. When they come upon the destruction going on as Nick Fury is being hounded by this creature and Nick Fury's getting his ass kicked. And then we get the big reveal of what this guy looks like. And he is an ugly bitch. Yeah. He's also, also Kilowog. Yeah, He's yeah. basically Kilowog. Oh my so, God. Yeah, totally. But yeah. also so got the, the green armor. Yeah. One He's thing two I, panels away from calling Nick Fury a poozer. <laughs> <laughs> 
I also I find it very disturbing in the uh, explosion. There, you can literally see bodies on fire just falling from from the explosion. Oh, oh that's they, true. I don't like yeah. that. Yeah, I don't like that. That was the one thing. At all. Yeah, that made kind of wild, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a fan. Kind of um, wild. It's almost like he's a bad guy, and mm-hmm. so <laughs> Spider. You know what? Let me just get on my soapbox here. If bad guys do bad things, then they're bad that's guys. That's bad guys. Yeah. They're allowed to do bad things yes. because they're bad guys. Yes. It's not poor writing or a cancelable offense. No. Bad guys are bad guys. They're bad guys. Yes. yes. Not I every agree. bad guy needs pathos. Not every no. bad guy needs a redemption arc. No. Sometimes bad people are just bad people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway. Um, no, I'm right there with you, buddy. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't... To the choir, Preach. <laughs> I was uh, I was taken over by the Holy Ghost just now. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Go off, Jesus. The specter works in mysterious ways, you know? (laughs) Go off, Jesus. The specter works in mysterious ways. (laughs) I I just, I need, I need just a one panel cartoon of just Jesus in the foreground and then just one of his disciples just, Go Go off, off, Jesus. Go off, Jesus. (laughs) Um, So Spidey and Human Torch join the, the fracas to uh, help Nick Fury and they're able to more or less, you know, overwhelm this guy before the side of the Baxter building being absolutely destroyed takes Human Torch's attention. He flies off and him and Ben are working together to try and get to Sue, who is holding back all of the rubble with her force fields. Sue Storm, most powerful character in the Marvel Universe. Bay. I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's one nope. of the coldest takes you could have. That is one of the coldest takes you can have. That's how accurate that take is. Uh, the I Fantastic spoke. Three are able to get out of the situation, and Sue is able to get a sample of this creature, but the Baxter building is thrashed. Meanwhile, uh, Jessica Drew gets back to her apartment? Question mark? Where she's bumming it? or squatting or something she's she's in this person's apartment it it looks like a nice little setup it's got a tv she's home city when she gets a uh she gets a little visitor it's our boy kilowog again kilowog is here to uh chew bubblegum and kick ass and he's made of bubblegum so he's here to basically take on (laughs) spider woman uh jessica escapes though uh kilowog gives chase and the Fantastic Three head to Reed Richards' house because they know he's the only one who's going to be able to figure out what the hell's going on here. But they find it in ashes. It has been demolished. All the bodies inside are dead. And crispy, uh, crispy extra crispy KFC. Mm-hmm. And, That's spicy. Um, also, you know, if you're in the LA area, go check out Jollibee. It's just better than KFC. It just is. I don't know. What to Whoa, tell you. bro. That's not fried chicken. I don't know Let's be right. real. Anything is better than KFC nowadays. Depending sure. on the item. I haven't been to KFC in a while, but I, I have fond memories. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, they realize, oh, these are not just like attacks on big ass buildings in New York. These are targeted strikes. And they knew who Reed Richards was, which means Spidey is a panicking. He's a panicking mm-hmm. Skywalker. 
And so he's asking everybody <laughs> for their phones so that he can call the Parker residence, which we cut yep. over to. Or we find uh, Aunt May, Bobby Drake, and... The girl from the wrong side of the tracks. That's what I'm talking about. Gwen Stacy uh, working on some homework and Bobby Drake continues to just be bad at everything. Uh, he's not even good at schoolwork. However, uh, right as Aunt May gets the call from Peter, who shows up, it's clobbering time. Ultimate Enemy 3, Chapter 3, we cut into uh, Super Top Cop Carol Danvers. Top Cop! At the Triskelion. <laughs> you want to talk about, top like... Top you want to talk about, like, character intros. That's my favorite thing every time we get to Carol Danvers, is just Malcolm exclaiming, Top Cop! Top Cop! Every single time. It's the stupidest phrase. <laughs> dumb a phrase that could only be reserved for one carol danvers god top cop that's so dumb uh everyone is wearing the fuck out of that suit though wearing the fuck out of that suit you ain't lying ultimate carol danvers got swag like drip for days Uh uh she she's basically like okay what the hell is going on like all these things are happening all these attacks she asks everything the same question that everybody asks in every single comic book where are the avengers where are the ultimates and mm-hmm. of course uh we can't get a hold of them they're they're on a mission so of course we have them written out for now uh carol is trying to get a handle on the situation she puts triskelion in lockdown she's like we need to figure out what the hell's going on and then goes to uh take a bathroom break and in the bathroom problematic as hell is nick fury who is uh pointing a gun at carol saying like hey look we need to talk they have a fun little uh kill bill fight scene in the bathroom i mean and it's just a kill bill fight scene. it's yeah, a kill bill fight scene which is really it's kind of tight it's kind of tight though like we actually get to see carol danvers whoop some ass also uma thurman ultimate yeah. carol danvers would have worked real well Fuck. you imagine yeah, fighting Sammy J? That would have been yeah, sick, fighting dude. Sammy J. That would be really good. That'd be sick. I also got yeah, a little bit also, of uh, do Brie Larson. A little bit of Christina Royale also, vibes, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, one of the greatest openings for a fucking movie ever. Shit, uh, no no wrong right answers now. here. Yeah. I might watch. So that's such a good movie. <laughs> so Nick Fury brings up the. The very real statement that, hey, only very few people knew me and my white persona. So I need <laughs> you to tell me if you betrayed me or if someone or if we're compromised. And so the two of them decide to work together. Meanwhile, back at the Parker household, Kilowog shows up, but Iceman ain't having none of that. He makes- So you just said that Bobby can't do anything right. This is the coolest, sorry for the pun, this is the coolest <laughs> that Bobby Drake has ever been. You're not wrong at all. Yeah. This shit womps, dude. He, he makes a fucking ice javelin because he picks up on it out of the corner of his eye because as he stated last volume, he was raised by the X-Men. He don't trust nothing and nobody. Yeah. And he throws an ice javelin straight at Kilowog, blows him up with his right little Right past Gatme's face. Which right is past. So like, like it, the sequencing on this is so good. And it's then brutal. builds an entire ice wall around the house, telling Gwen and Aunt May to get out. Uh, Kilowog is trying to bust through. Meanwhile, 
Uh, Danvers and Nick Fury are playing that scene in the office where everybody's got guns pointed at each other. Yep. Except instead of finger guns, they're real guns. Stand, yep. stand off. Stand yeah. off. Uh, when a assistant, I guess, uh, busts See, that's in. who was on the cover of Ultimate Enemy Number Stop. One. It wasn't right, you it was can't just... retroactively put this character. <laughs> if they're the character on the cover, what is their name? Uh, what is her name? Jennifer. No, you don't she know that like for Jennifer. sure. Yeah, I was going to say she looks like a Maria. Agnes Hill. Back oh. at the Parker household, uh, Bobby is holding up as much as he can, and essentially holding off Kilowog. He can't get past him. Yeah. Gwen and uh, May are able to get out of the house, though Bobby makes a strategical error, and instead of holding the fort, he goes out to confront this man. And the Beast makes pretty quick work of his ice. However, Bobby is able to free some solid for just a moment before he breaks through and starts beating the shit out of Bobby Drake. (laughs) Yeah. Until... Someone comes up behind him. Guys, one of the all-time one of the all-time best thing pages of him saying, guess what time it is. Seriously, Seriously never, guess. never guess. And <laughs> <laughs> just whomps Kilowog. Awesome. Absolutely just dropping this guy as he, Sue, Johnny, and Spider-Man all show up. A battle ensues. Uh Ben gets blasted. And interestingly the places where the plates have fallen off begin to glow. Mm-hmm. As the battle continues, uh, Sue is able to take this guy out to the cleaners, as they say in Queens, when S.H.I.E.L.D. shows up in their little Hulkbuster uh, suits, which, again, they're just the cutest little things. Mm-hmm. They're the cutest little action figures. And as Wouldn't they show up... I like them all. We see collectible. <laughs> um, they're able to subdue Kilowog. However, the thing freaking explodes. With glowing with cosmic energy of some kind, explodes and becomes something. Something's crackling out of him. Which brings us to chapter four of Ultimate Enemy, where Ben is having a rough time. Uh, yeah. Ben passes out, wakes up, in shield custody and who else is in shield custody it's our boy kilowog and nick fury rolls up with the kick-ass bat it's fucking sick dude <laughs> which is hilarious they can't get this guy to tell them anything so he rolls up and just starts wailing on him like he's jeremy renner in the critically acclaimed movie the town mm-hmm. and yes meanwhile ben is hooked up to life support he is in a rough way, and as he's unconscious, Sue more or less confesses that she feels the same. Come on! It's interesting, and maybe it's because I haven't read much of Ultimate Fantastic Four, so I didn't get to see that relationship like grow and develop. Yeah. The, the thing with Ultimate Fantastic Four is that Ultimate Fantastic Four does a good job of still making Reed a bit of a dick. Mm-hmm. He's just like a cooler guy kind of dick. But he's still a little bit of a dick. And Sue and Ben have a have a closer friendship, I think. That's cool. Because I because they have a very close friendship in the 616. 
yeah. like they are incredibly close like anytime yeah. that sue that sue is having problems with reed ben is usually the first person she goes to for advice yeah. um famously right before uh, his wedding to alicia masters him and sue had that really ten like nice and tender moment where they went over their entire history as friends and she you know helped them learn how to dance for their wedding like mm. they are like the best of friends yeah. hell yeah um but here they have grown into more and as ben violently wakes up and his uh pieces begin to glow and shatter again we cut back to the interrogation nick fury's not getting anywhere so he pulled in the big guns aka jeremy renner from the town Hawk okay <laughs> So I've been dying to get to this because this is my favorite ultimate costume. Really? Your favorite ultimate out of the entire universe. I, other than like Miles's costume, I fucking love this Hawkeye look. Over Jessica Drew's costume that we just talked about. Maybe. Really? Yeah. I love this costume because at this point, Hawkeye's really fucked up and he's 30 seconds away from being Bullseye. So I love that's, that you're a that's the thing that loses points for me. I'm like, this is an ultimate bullseye costume. Yeah. It's a perfect ultimate bullseye costume. Because at this point, he is ultimate bullseye. Just like how ultimate yeah. cap is just John Walker. Yeah. Ultimate Hawkeye is just bullseye. You know what? You're not wrong. You're like, not it's, wrong it's at all. It's the same thing. And it's fucking cool. It's really cool. <laughs> so he rolls up and he's just like, I need the room. And Fury's like, okay, we can do this. And he's like, no, just go for a walk. Yeah. And so he leaves and Hawkeye's pulling on his gloves and he's like, we'll start with your reproductive organs. And I just, I have never seen ultimate Hawkeye as cold as this. Like he pulls off some incredible fuckery in ultimates Two, which might be my favorite ultimate Hawkeye story because of everything that happens to him and how mm-hmm. badass he's shown in that story. That's why he's so fucked up. That's why that. he's so fucked up. He's a fucking mess after that. <laughs> and so we immediately, Nick Fury leaves the room, couple seconds pass by, and we start hearing the screams. I, I love that so much of like Danvers being like, you left him in there alone? And Nick's just like, yeah, he's got it. It's like, okay, but we have to, and then he's just here to scream. She's like, holy shit. He's like, yeah, it'll probably be like a minute. and i love that fury trusted enough in clint to to handle this Mm -hmm. so at this point uh people most people don't know that fury is back right because at the end of ultimate power fury goes off as a prisoner for the supreme for the squadron supreme Uh uh so he goes off to that world he's there for a bit then he comes back uh they finish their exchange thing whatever but uh, he's running the Ultimate Avengers right now, which is the Wetworks program for S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and Hawkeye has always been one of his guys, and Hawkeye is on that Ultimate Avengers team. Hell yeah. Um, oh. Ultimate Avengers, super fun. We're also going to get to a little bit of that with Death of Ultimate Spider-Man. Well, it is. Uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah. Cute. So they're, they're, they're close. They're tight. So we cut back over to uh the parker household everybody's exhausted no one's having a good time and peter because he is who he is takes responsibility for them getting attacked basically saying if i wasn't who i am you wouldn't have been attacked so i need to go out there and deal with whoever this is and just sails off into the sky uh cutting back to the uh 
to the interrogation. He calls him, Kilowog calls himself the creation of the creator. You know, a workshopping name, we'll say, for this, uh, for this main baddie for this story. Mm-hmm. And as he begins to talk more, we see that uh, he's not just Kilowog. He's also the, what was it, 2011 Green Lantern Parallax, because he just explodes <laughs> with that Cronenberg-looking <laughs> thing, yeah. just starts eating up everything. Yeah. It's it's a little disturbing. It's very, as Malcolm mentioned earlier, it's very the blob or the thing, where it just starts crawling out of him and just expands. You can't escape yeah. it. Uh, Triskelion is demolished. Well, it's not the Triskelion. Aren't they like in a building just like Oh, elsewhere? you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it was just like an office building. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, side. Ben's body shatters and reveals underneath it Wonder Man? Yes. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's the ultimate Wonder Man. So yeah. Ben Grimm is now Ultimate Wonder Man. That's yes. so cool. It's so cool. It's really cool. Which brings us to Ultimate Mystery. And Ultimate Mystery is largely where we get a lot of the world building stuff for this. Uh, chapter one reintroduces us to everyone's favorite loser, Wendell Vaughn, hey. as well as uh, Dr. Philip Lawson, who we come to find out is not a doctor at all. He's a captain. Captain yes, Marvel of the Cree in the best Captain Marvel costume. Absolutely. I'm just going to yeah. say it. Ultimate yeah. Captain Marvel fucking what? Ultimate Captain Marvel rules, and I have specifically taken the helmet design of that character for a D&D character that I'm currently playing. Hell yeah. So, nice. uh, yes. Jacob knows yes. what I'm talking about. Yes. So, That's fucking awesome. So now you know, Jacob, where that comes from. Um, uh, so he's there because there is a threat coming to uh, Tractor Pegasus because when isn't there? Also, Inside Project Pegasus, we got some uh, interesting items here. We got the Wand of Watum. We got an Ultron head. Mm-hmm. We got Cap's shield. We got some box with a skull on it. Mm-hmm. And we also have the High Evolutionary Wholesale. Yeah. In a uh, box. The box with the skull on it must be the Casket of Ancient Winters, I believe. Oh, oh nice. good pull. And they also have, um, it looks like Thor's armor. Yeah, as well in the does. left, like the left case. Yeah, there's also like an accuser's uh, uh, hammer. Yep. It sort of looks like from mm-hmm. Cree, which I don't know why Philip wouldn't fucking point that out. <laughs> right, uh, Namor's trident. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, also, cube. just want to say, brave of Ben Grimm to confess his love for Susan when there's a Namor running around. That's a dangerous game. Yeah, pledging your love to Sue Storm. When there's yeah. a more running around. Yeah. I am very, yeah. as a side note, I'm very excited eventually when we get to Tanakh Huerta's MCU name or lusting after whoever the MCU storm it. Sue storm oh my God. Lusting oh. after every blonde in the MCU. Yeah. Yes. Like he, much like myself, has a real blonde problem. Yeah. He's a real blonde problem. <laughs> my God. You would think Namor was a black guy, how much he loves white blondes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, they missed oh, the mark on that, God. didn't they? They did, they did fuck up on that. They should have cast me as Namor. Look, 
<laughs> well, you, you, Emma, you, you, yes, you do, look, you you do yes. look great in little green shorts. I was oh, going to say, boy. and the little wings coming off of your heels. Well, I want, I, I've I been scratching that. them all day because they're so itchy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we cut over to uh, Spidey, who is joined by Ultimate Jessica Drew, the Spider Woman. And we see, maybe, maybe it'll be, I'll, I'll work on it. The Spider Woman. The ultimate mm. spider woman. We'll work on it. Um, we see that uh, Sue's having a real bad dream of a basically Fantastic Four 2014 Ben Grimm. And okay, dude. <laughs> am I wrong? Yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. That's what he looks like. He doesn't look that monstrous. He, he looks pretty bad. He looks pretty big, but like he doesn't look that monstrous. Mm. Mm. We'll see. Um we see that uh sue wakes up it was a dream the dream was gigantic uh the thing cronenberg thing uh killing everyone and going after her as well but she wakes up to find ben grimm normal as can be hot hot ben grimm was always hot ben grimm looking hot ben grimm was hot before the transformation ben grimm was hot after the transformation you're right Especially when he's drawn by uh, Tom Riley. Oh, as right. an aside. Oh my god! Oh my god. Go he's pick up such... thing. Next big. Go we'll pick up that miniseries. It's all collected in the trade paperback right now, and it's fucking wonderful. Read it. It's great. It's great. Um, we see that Ben is looking normal, no rocks to speak of, and he's like, "You guys want to see something cool?" And then he starts glowing with the power cosmic. Um, like I said, this 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 is Ultimate Wonder Man. Mm-hmm. He is. He glows. He's a little radioactive. He's very yeah. strong. Very strong boy. He's a big strong boy now. Yeah. And the orange rock was a cocoon for him, which is a fascinating take. I, which, is a, which is a really cool take. It's a really cool take. Incredibly, I've never thought of that before. Yeah. No, no one has. It's, it's such a. This is what the ultimate universe should be. Entirely original shit like this. Yeah. Yeah. It was a chrysalis. It was yeah. a chrysalis the whole time. It, that's why the whole time? The whole time? The whole time? The whole time, man? <laughs> and it's, no, it's fascinating. Like, to sorry, I, I want to gush you a little bit. Just no, do it. How, uh, how, like, uh, yeah, of all the Fantastic Four things that you know could have done, like, this is, this, this is like, incredible just to, like, do this little twist and stuff. Uh, this became my favorite part of the, the, the book. I just have to say that. I, oh, yeah. Like, this, this was, like, really cool to see Ben. I love Ben Grimm and I, I've always felt so sad for him for always being this rock figure and how alienated he's been. And then to see this happen, I was just like, oh my God, please give me more of this. I want I want this to stay. I want this to be the definitive thing for, for Ben now. <laughs> I, guy. Listen, I'll be honest, going back to the movie you guys hate so much, I feel like this is if we had more of those, this is probably where they were going to go with that. Since it was a really strong word on ultimate. Like, I, I think this is probably where they would have gone with that, it's especially because they cast that really pretty actor. Jamie. Bell. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like, yeah. we're, we're going to make him glow later. Just you wait. Yeah, like movie two. He glows. He breaks out of the glows. show. He glows. Um, but Jacob, you make an interesting point because this story is almost a Ben Graham and Jessica Drew story. Yes. Like they're yeah. more or less the two leads, yes. which is really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, any story that has Ben Grimm as a lead is immediately an all-timer. Absolutely. And we cut back to Project Pegasus because uh, Nick Fury and uh, Carol Danvers want the Fantastic Three to help them. Now that uh, Reed Richards is dead, they're going to need some help. Uh, back at Project Pegasus, they have incoming. Something is coming in hot and fast, so Captain Marvel goes to intercept. And it's our boy! Rick Jones, Nova. Rick Jones, bitch. Yeah. Uh, Rick Jones is here immediately. Captain Marvel like goes to strike him. He's like, no, wait, time out. Hold on. Uh, also with his hair looking very Bart Allen yeah. as well. <laughs> I mean, classic Bart Rick Allen. Jones has a lot of Bart Allen energy. Yeah. Absolutely. He does. He is very impulse. And so we find out that uh, apparently the watchers sent him because something bad is coming. Mm-hmm. This is what they've warned about. Which brings us to chapter two and an interesting cut over. We're back at the Roxxon Corporation where we meet Dr. Julia Carpenter, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Julia Carpenter is applying to be part of the Roxxon Brain Trust, the think tank, and passes this interview with flying colors. I, only- this interview is so charming. It's so good. She's yeah. so charming. And she does a great job of using her wit to get around any kind of question or yeah. like, it's very, very intelligent. Like yeah. this is the shit we should like Jessica drew super spy. Yes. Ultimate Jessica drew super spy is a book that I need right now. Yes. At yes. this moment. Yes. Um, <laughs> drawn by uh, Ted Brant and Rose Stein would be incredible. oh hell yeah hell yeah incredible. Uh, um, while we're talking about the art, real quick, can we talk about the art for a second? Yes, oh, let's talk okay. about it. Rafa Sandoval. Rafa, Rafa Sandoval fucking rocks. Real good. This yeah, uh, and this is like early Sandoval. Like he's gotten only even better. Yeah, but, like this yeah. shit is so good looking and so clean and so dynamic and so expressive. Uh, yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah, and he, he does a great job in the thing that we talked about really loving from Bagley and that everyone has a distinct profile. Mm-hmm. Everyone is easily recognizable immediately seeing them in a panel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no character looks the same. Which I, ugh, it's so good. Uh, Bag of Project Pegasus, uh, Captain Marvel and Nova are having their, uh, having their conversation, keep, you know, bringing each other up to date when all of a sudden Captain Marvel's compromised and he's got a little rumbly in his tummy (laughs) and that rumbly does some things to him because he he peeps out hulks out like I kind of love that he can shapeshift like this like this is his like berserker attack mode yeah it's like cool I I will it's hard to navigate this bit a little bit um, so this isn't the first appearance of Ultimate Captain Marvel. Oh, he first appeared in the Ultimate Galactus trilogy, oh. which was written by a writer who we don't talk about mm-hmm. uh, and drawn by, I don't remember who drew it. I don't Someone. remember who drew that. But yeah, that was the first appearance. And this this idea like of him like beefing out like super alien attack modi like this yeah feels very in the mindset of that writer interesting uh, it's very much that part do you guys know who i'm talking about yes 
Okay. No, but it's okay. We'll we will say he who must not be named. Okay. It's it's one of the one of the terrible people in the world. Uh, uh, but yeah, um, feels very much aligned with what they would want to do. Uh, you know, which is yeah. which is a good idea. Yeah. But, you know, unfortunate. <laughs> so every time I see this, I'm like, ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> cool idea. Because it's cool as shit. But yeah, I it's from a garbage person. Um, immediately, Captain Marvel just starts attacking the Project Pegasus folks. And we cut back to just a really nice and serene scene where Spidey and uh, Jessica Drew are swinging around just talking about stuff. And yeah. we have a very important conversation in this page. And uh-huh. it's something that I would like to address from last episode. Because I was very put off by the whole Johnny and Jessica romance because I was Uh like, well, and then eventually we came around to it's just bisexual Johnny Storm, which is, you know, a constant in every universe. But Jessica makes it a point to differentiate herself from Pete in this conversation because Uh Peter's having a hard time seeing her as a person and not a clone which I'm sure lots of people have. And I myself had a moment last episode. And this speaks to a lot of things, which I really, really love. Um, Of her acceptance of herself, of the idea of, you know, her self-identifying as well as you just, I am my own person. And I love that. I love this frank conversation. Yeah. And she, she even says, you know, like, I'm my own woman. My name is Jessica Drew. And, like, that's it. That's all the conversation that needs to be had. Can I tell you, there was three reasons why I wanted us to read this. Please. And especially after last week, this is one of the three. was literally this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> when we were talking about this last week, I was like, oh, this is going to be really satisfying next week. <laughs> like, this is going to be really good. <laughs> Malcolm's hearing me, like, talk about something bullshit or arbitrary last week, and he's like, I'm going to men- end this whole man's career next week. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, no, this is going to be good. This is going to be a good character journey. I like that. So, he's, he's, so, yeah. he's, uh, he's world famous, and now he's going to get canceled. <laughs> what's gonna happen um, i waited just in time for your video game announcement That's what I'm <laughs> and so i again i love this conversation i think it's frank it's honest and yeah. it closes the book on that like we never have to have this conversation again at least with these characters specifically um the you know it's not to say that there are going to be other people who don't want to have that conversation with her but i think with the person that it matters the person that she you know got her genetic her genetics from it's important to her for him to know look i'm not just your clone i'm my own person which i love it's fucking cool it's great it's a great conversation drew is the fucking coolest she's the coolest ultimate character period she is so awesome yeah she's so awesome i will willingly trade someone from 616 to have uh to have jessica drew in the 616 asap that's the thing i like they can take 616 wendell vaughn they can take him (laughs) as long as we get back 1610 
Jessica Drew. We don't know Again, they shouldn't have killed the Ultimate Universe. I know that it was a problem, but there was a lot of really good ideas that just got shuttered. Yeah. This is one of them. But it's alive again now. We know this. Yeah, well, no one's fucking doing anything, so. Yes. Yet. Uh, we'll get yet. that. It's after so, all of this that it, this, it'll revive. We're going to get there. Life. You and me. We're going to reboot the Ultimate Universe. God, that'd be so wonderful. <laughs> Starting with two books. Ultimate be... Spider-Woman and Ultimate Doctor Strange. Yes. That's, Hell yeah. that's We're going the to way build this it? out piece by piece. Hell yeah. <laughs> Back of the Baxter building. Okay. Um, the Fantastic Three is there with 616 Nick Fury. Yes. <laughs> yes. I loved this. This is so good. <laughs> This is my. This is this. Oh, this this I, was an I, incredible gag. Yeah. This is that's your disguise, like, but but like, I mean, you still have an eye patch, like. <laughs> you're just like I like you're just the eye right patch. Now, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, what? He's like, what's wrong with it? He's like, well, racial issues aside. <laughs> <laughs> also, strangely enough, Nick Fury loves dressing up as white people. Yeah. yeah. You know, do, do you know why? Please. Because white people can get away with whatever the fuck they want. Oh, there we go. Nailed it. And, and Ultimate Nick Fury realizes that. Because, again, <laughs> the Ultimate Universe is based on our real world. Yes. For better no and for worse. Yeah. No one's going to bat a fucking eye at a white dude at a coffee shop. That's why he goes to the coffee shop as a white dude. <laughs> <laughs> it makes so, complete sense and i love that awareness i think that's yeah genius. it's really cool so, yeah. and it's subtle like they they never yeah. he never like goes out and actually like states that but it's, it's yeah they understood. never allude to that because it's a real thing yeah and so they are trying to investigate trying to get any t you know clues as to what the hell is going on when all of a sudden monstrous captain marvel drops down from the sky with uh, ultimate nova and ben Grimm decides it's wonder time charges yeah. up and Hell gives yeah. us the just fantastic dragon ball moment mm -hmm. of the two of them hitting each other's fists as the cliffhanger it's mm -hmm. like Will Ben Grimm be able to use his powers to defeat the monstrous Captain Marvel? Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> like, it's this is what the page is. And I love it. I love it so much. That's kind of what this whole book feels like. Honestly, you're not wrong. It does, yeah. it does feel very Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah. Uh, chapter three of Ultimate Mystery rocks on Industries. Uh, Dr. Julia Carpenter is there with the other members of the Brain Trust. Arnim Zola III, looking Hell like yeah. an absolute dork. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Misty Knight, Private Eye. Love looking it. like an absolute baddie. Yeah. <laughs> Nathaniel Essex. Yeah. Like a real Essex. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, I just wanted to keep the trend. I appreciate that, Jacob. You're welcome. Dr. Layla Miller. She knows stuff. Who is just the wildest left hand, like butterfly, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as well as Dr. Samuel Stearns, wow. aka our good friend Tim Blake Nelson. Hell yeah. Welcome yes. back. Welcome, Welcome back. back. I am Welcome so back. hyped for that Welcome movie now. Back. 
Oh, I've been the leader. We're gonna waiting. see the leader. For fucking years, just I've waited for, for that. Yeah. Waiting yeah. for that. Like, when is when are they gonna? Like, mm-hmm. This gonna... movie's gonna rule. I don't care. Uh, MCU agreed. cynicism that everyone has aside. This movie's yeah. gonna fucking rule. Oh, it's no, gonna, be the, gonna be the best. It's, it's be the best. still a bad title, but the movie's gonna be the best. I yeah. don't. I don't mind it at all because I, I, I want care. the. Uh, I want the opening to go black and white and just give us the down, 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 down. <laughs> go through the whole NWO entrance. <laughs> New world order. <laughs> Fucking Hulk Hogan comes out. <laughs> I want Sam Wilson, Captain America, to punch Hulk Hogan in the face. Uh, is Hulk Hogan a D-man? No, because that's giving him inc- way too much credit. You goddamn right. <laughs> Way too much credit. <laughs> D-Man is a goddamn legend. The thing is that Hulk Hogan would never let Sam Wilson punch him in the face. <laughs> almost, and almost we all know why. <laughs> <laughs> almost a little too much. <laughs> we all know why, brother. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so Gross. the Brain Trust is this collection of freaks and geeks, and Julia Carpenter is just happy to be on the team. Meanwhile, uh, the Baxter Building still in the midst of the uh, Captain Marvel attack. Uh, Sue just immediately just bottles him, which is so cool. I love force field powers. Me too. It's It's, so good. It's so good, yeah. And not enough people have them, which is really fun. Makes it really unique. Um, Ben tackles this man off of the building, and the fracas continues... They're able to uh, rescue some bystanders. Um, and really, the fight ends in the street. Ben wins. Knocks this man out. Damn ben right. wins. Benjamin <laughs> Grimm wins. K.O. Victory. Meanwhile, uh, Sue got zapped with uh, Nova back to Project Pegasus, where they find that the entire base is demolished. Wendell Vaughn is hiding in a corner. And... There's more kilowogs. Back at Roxxon, the brain trust lulls Jessica into making a mistake. Uh-huh. And back at Project Pegasus, Sue goes into her invisible form to find out who's leading the kilowogs. And we come to find out it's Reed Richards. Okay, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> Ah! Where are you at on this? Because you had no frame of reference for this at all, right? Uh, no. But when I got to this point, I was like, "Oh, wait a minute. Is this is this leading into what I think it is?" In terms, I I got I understood kind of what it was with this last shot in the uh, this this last page of Reed Richards with the thing on his head. The the yeah i i started going oh is this the this the beginning of the quote-unquote maker is that what this is leading to see i didn't i didn't remember if you knew about the maker at all i remember hearing the make i remember the maker only from secret wars and we talked about him a lot yeah Yeah. we we talked about him a bit but i didn't remember if we had talked about who he actually was yeah. And so, <laughs> all right. I, I knew who he was from the. Right. From I forgot he's in Sea Wars. Yeah. 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 I, I knew that from that. I was just like, ooh, that's something I really would like to know about because I love Reed Richards to the extent of like, he, I've always thought he would be a great villain. 
I always thought in the sense of like how ma- manipulative he is and how brilliant he is. And I was just like, yes. it'd be terrible if just read. There was like the what ifs. If like, what if Reed Richards and Doctor Doom switched? What if Reed Richards yeah. was Doctor Doom? Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. So that's why I love that concept. It's just like, ooh, Reed would be really terrifying as Doctor Doom. That would be actually yeah. pretty fun. And that's what this is. Yeah, this is where I see that trilogy ending with Miles Teller's Reed. Richards. Yes, mm-hmm. that's like why I with love Ultimate that Doom. choice. Yeah, ah, uh, man, I I love I love this version it's so cool this we is- may have to read ultimate comics ultimates which is where Maybe. the maker shows up again makes his debut yeah it, yeah, it makes yeah. his debut oh. and is written by jonathan i think i think that would be part of the hickman read through oh yeah i would say if we, if we do it. a hickman read through that's absolutely a necessary part of it. that's fine yeah. so uh ultimate mystery chapter four uh we cut to 11 years ago Okay. Real quick. I honestly thought it was two. <laughs> all of these flashback things, we've seen them before. Interesting. Oh, what? So what this issue does, this this is, sorry, spoilers. This issue is my favorite part of the entire thing. Nice. Because all of these flashbacky things, but most of it is stuff that we saw in the first issue of Ultimate Fantastic Four. Really? Okay. But it's stuff that's being recontexted here. So now you that see he's that a villain. all of this was secretly a supervillain origin. Yeah. Oh, and shit. that's fucking brilliant. It makes sense. It's the it Chronicle thing where you realize... I was, I was like, just oh, going to say Dane DeHaan would make a great maker. Yes. Oh, yes. It, it's just that where halfway through you realize, oh my God. Oh my God. I've been watching a supervillain in the making this entire time. God, I didn't that's, so, oh, that's, that's so cool. Crazy. And that's why this story fucking rocks. <laughs> uh, Reed is getting swirlied uh, by some school kids uh, when Ben busts in and he says, what I tell you guys? And he kicks the shit out of this one kid and they all run away. And he helps Reed up. Cutting to today, uh, Jessica's been exposed and the brain trust, essentially, we're going to kind of skip through this story for her portions. They they basically they out her for who she is and put her to sleep because surprise they were working for Roxxon the whole time and yep. they've been trying to get her to uh, admit that she was a spy. Mm-hmm. Cut back again to eleven years ago. We see uh, Reed getting dinner from his mom. His mom's nice. His dad not so much. His dad's a dick. Uh, just not great. He's an abusive asshole. Yeah. And again, the building blocks of that superhero or supervillain origin story. Uh, also, present day, Captain Marvel has been brought to this bunker where he's being interrogated. They're casino royaling him. They yeah. are casino royaling. Nick Fury's about to cut out the bottom of his fucking seat so that his balls are hanging out, and then he whips them with a rope. <laughs> uh, Carol Danvers would be. You're right. The rope. You're absolutely right. Because she's top cop. You're right. Top cop. <laughs> Um, meanwhile, we find that the same, uh, gooey grossness has attacked the White House. Interesting. This is actually specifically, that's, this is ultimate power. So Mm. the gooey grossness, this is from ultimate power. Um, Because in ultimate power, Reed Richards sends, uh, 
you'll actually see there's the panel of Zarda holding the little like probe. Yeah. So he sends those probes throughout the multiverse, but with him sending those probes throughout the multiverse, Nick Fury and Dr. Doom tapped into the, the uh, machinery of those probes. So that way they'd be able to get the information first, but it messed up something and they unleash all that nastiness on the, on the Supreme power universe. And so that is why the uh, Squadron Supreme come to the Ultimate Universe to whoop ass. So that's what you're seeing at this one year ago point. Yeah. This is the Squadron Supreme coming. And it, it, this is almost exactly mirroring a page from Ultimate Power. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. Um, and then all these panels here afterwards are all like kind of just mirroring panels from kind Ultimate showing Power. showing that off. With the exception of Wolverine being in the 616 costume. Yeah, like, what is <laughs> that's, that? That's really weird. There was a weird note there, clearly, that didn't get uh, transferred over. But uh, <laughs> just put Wolverine in there. And it's just like, all, all right, right, I'll just draw. Just dr I've been watching X-Men, the animated series. Let's just draw Wolverine. Let's just draw Wolverine. He's the only one who didn't get a character sheet, I guess. Uh <laughs> also, I love seeing Hyperion as the immortal from Invincible. That's yes. all he is in Supreme Power. Have you guys yeah. read Supreme Power? It's pretty no. fun. No. It's pretty fun. Um, Gary Frank <laughs> drew it, and J. Michael Straczynski wrote Ooh, it. It's, I love me Supreme Frank. It's a fun take. I'll check it out. I'll yeah, check it it's out. Good. Um, but yeah, we see that Reed Richards is put under arrest by mm -hmm. the Squadron Supreme, and uh, he says that he's going to go with them. Cup, uh, cutting back two months ago with the uh, ultimatum wave, we see that Reed is desperately trying to fix what he did, a.k.a. Victor Van Damme. He created Doctor Doom. And so he says, he basically says, I need to kill Hitler before the Holocaust. I need to kill Dr. Doom before he does something terrible. Um, Which is interesting given what happens at the end of Ultimatum with Ben. Yes. And Dr. Doom. Mm -hmm. for, for people who don't know Malcolm, can you just... Uh, I think we talked about it very briefly in our Ultimatum yeah. episode. Um, that Ben Grimm shows up in Castle Doom at the end of uh, Ultimatum, uh, and right in front of a captured Namor, just squashes Doctor Doom's head. Just he squishes him. Squishes him. Squishes him. What the? Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, which is really interesting. And again, I think this is. I love having this note here. To kind of explain why that is. Why he did that. Because yeah. this is just Reed manipulating Ben. Yeah. Wow. Reed's already come, gone bad at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's fascinating. Like you said, getting those kind of like background scenes. Yeah. Showing his descent into villainy, I think is really, really cool. Really interesting. Um Sue shows up uh to basically let everyone know, hey, I found out who's attacking us, it's Reed. And the last page reveal of her being absolutely just beaten is horrifying. Yeah. It's upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that moment that it's like, Reed's got to go. Yeah. Reed's going down for this. That's the moment that Ben decides Reed's got to go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> mess with my lady. I'm going to fucking kill him. <laughs> so that brings us to Ultimate Doom, the final part of the Doomsday trilogy. And we see that 
we get a little flashback that shows Reed. Also, I love this design for Reed. Me too. I it's, love his yeah. little hard light yeah. uh, Doom Guy armor. Yeah, he looks really like good. he and he's got like Tron pants. Tr- the, it's the Tron pants. For it's me. the Tron pants because we're because yeah. we're Tron guys. Also, it's the Tron yes. pants. if you haven't lately, go back and watch Tron Legacy. Tron it's Legacy, a masterpiece one of, of a film. It is a masterpiece of a film. It is one of the best films of the 21st century. Also, also something I'm very fucking hyped about. New uh, Tron game. Yes, yeah. I was gonna say. I hope you're yeah. gonna mention the game because yeah. yes, baby, hell yeah, uh, that, it's gonna be it's a about. narrative focused like yeah, it'll be a tell like a visual game, not novel, basically. but I'm still here for it. Yeah, because it's Tron. Because it's Tron. Yeah, uh, we see the arguments between Sue and Reed, and basically it's them breaking up again uh, because prior to this they had broken it off. Reed was getting you know Reed. And Sue couldn't handle it anymore because, you know, it's Reed. And so they broke off their relationship. Uh, Reed has used this like any incel Mm -hmm. as the reason why he is evil now. Yeah, you know who's actually Reed Richard? Paul Dano. In every Paul Dano performance. (laughs) Paul Dano would have been a great Reed Richards. He would be a great Reed Richards now. (laughs) He'd be a great master or uh, maker. That especially. (laughs) Oh, that's God. That's what he's doing here. He's singing to Sue. He's singing at Sue. When he's yelling at her, you can totally hear the. That's not what. That's not the man I love. (laughs) And you know what? That. that that performance actually works really well for a read because yes. they like for this specific version of read yeah, yeah like for showing this read, that yeah. he's out of touch and a little like yeah. blacked out mm-hmm. yeah i like it um Ugh, and the kilowogs are there just to give him like a baseline so that he can harmonize with <laughs> and so we see Reed disa- and this was one of the most haunting things um, <laughs> yeah. Sue's just like okay I'm going to take you out she starts summoning a bubble and he just goes Susan I figured out how to disarm you 10 minutes after you broke up with me it took all of 10 minutes that zaps up. her yeah. terrifying terrifying also again the Tron suit I the love Tron? this shit I love that design. I like, think it's I kind really of cool. wish this was this stayed with yeah. Him. If if he had maker helmet, but then this, yeah, it would be really cool looking. And again, I love the aggressive like red. Yes, I I love an aggressive it's, red. I think it, it looks really cool. It's giving me revolutionary Scott Summers. Yeah, I really yeah. like. Yes, the the best Scott Summers costume. Yeah, it's very close second. Eric is Eric is the best Scott Summers. It's very close second. Actually, now that I've been like going through and I've had conversations with people, it's the third for me because I love that McKelvey teen Cyclops costume. I love. Okay. It. I okay. love it to death. I get it. That's a good. So costume. it's it's like Krakoa, McKelvey teen Cyclops, Revolutionary, but they're all like so close. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Cyclops hasn't had a bad costume in a long while, which is great. Since the 90s. Since the, the 90s, 90s costume. And we also get this great freaking moment where Holy shit. 
so where good. Sue like makes a ring around his around his neck. He expands his neck to break through it, and then she just builds a bubble inside of his head. And, and because he's a stretchy it. man, it just blows his head way hard. It's so like gross. a beach ball. Yeah, it's I, so gross. Any normal person, they would have splattered. Yeah, their head would yes. have exploded. Yes. And that's and here oh. and here is what solves the whole like you know everyone hating on like Scarlet Witch like uh, blowing up and killing yeah like you know Reed Richards in like uh, the oh yeah 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 and Multiverse of Madness I kind of feel like this is what kind of explains the answer about that you know like how well, how would he how would he do it his ha- head would just expand I'm like well yeah like right like this is it right but here. she like, shredded it yeah I know but she, she shredded, shredded it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you exactly. shredded them like fucking lasagna. Yeah. Like that lasagna. Play-Doh, like that Play-Doh, like spaghetti machine. Thing. Like yeah, maze that's lasagna. exactly what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I I love that. She goes for the kill shot with him, but because of his biology, it doesn't work. I oh, it's so cool. So so good. cool. And so um, this battle rages for a moment, but she is unfortunately defeated by Reed and his Kilowogs. And then Nova steps up and hits a Kamehameha on everybody to allow them the chance to escape because it ruptures the dimensional portal that Reed had built and him and his people get sucked into it as they go to escape. Uh, Fascinating shit. Super fascinating. So good. And so uh, Jessica wakes up after being knocked out. The brain trust is there. They want to dissect her. And we come to find out that the person pulling the strings behind Roxxon and this brain trust is who else? Otto Octavius. Mm-hmm. With his arms. The metal his mechanical arms. And I kind of love that Otto has now like moved on from being Pete's arch nemesis to being Jessica's. because of how personal their whole deal is it's really really cool to have this uh to have him be at the inception of her character and now he is like her arch enemy i really really dig that uh back at the triskelion we see sue getting rushed into urgent care uh johnny is not having it and he is screaming at nova to take him back uh however uh everything comes to a screeching halt because Sue's vitals drop to nothing. She flatlines, which brings us to chapter two of ultimate doom, where we get this really interesting scene. It's a flashback between Reed and Sue, where they're having this conversation on top of the Baxter building, having a break during their studies. And I love it because in the context of the story, if you read this just by itself, you might not catch all of the subtleties in Reed's uh, facial expressions. But knowing what we know about Reed now as he's made his progression into supervillain territory, it's plain as day that this was always there. It wasn't a sudden change. It wasn't a, you know, a switch flipping. This was always there. Reed was always that incel creep who wanted to make the world suited to just him. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I just, I love this scene. I think it's fascinating. Doesn't yeah. this sound, doesn't all of this sound familiar from a certain invincible character? It sure does, yes. my guy. Yes. That is an excellent yes. pull. 
Yes. That is an yes. excellent poll. And it was until it wasn't until this conversation where they're having uh, with Sue that I realized I was like, oh, oh wait, I know what this is. Okay, I get it now. Oh, okay. It's Robot Man and Monster Girl. Like, yeah. it's crazy. That is a great poll. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like that, that really so Sue sense. wakes up, is able to like come back to life builds out a uh a bubble a force-filled bubble without meaning to because she is freaking out and somehow ben is able to phase through her force field i don't think it's ever explained how he does this but he just does it it's because he has energy powers now yeah ultimate wonder man you're right i forgot yeah it's because it's because of the energy powers and so you know her force projection stuff is all just energy so he's able to manipulate energy now, yeah. in a way. You know, what also helps is a lot of that Wonder Bread that he just eats, you know? Mm-hmm. It's true. No calories in that. Mm-hmm. And so he phases through. He's able to help calm Sue down. Meanwhile, back at Roxxon, Ock is about to start dissecting Jessica until, boom, big time superhero coming through. Spider-Man shows up and begins laying the smack down on Otto Octavius. Yep. He's webbed up everybody else. However, Samuel Stearns busts through because this man has turned himself into a Grey Hulk. This reminds me of um, General Eiling. Uh, yes. The DC Universe. The General. Uh, yeah. General. Uh, dum, da, da. No, that's far. We are far. J.K. Simmons. Yes. Yeah, it was J.K. Simmons. I, I, was, I was thinking of uh, the General... That's that, uh, oh, that insurance. For great low rates, you can go online. Go to the general, save some time. That's the one. <laughs> Thank you. So <laughs> Jessica has gotten free, and she just begins walloping on Doc Ock as rightfully Spidey so. fights. Rightfully so. Spidey fights uh, Samuel Stearns. And as they are making their escape, uh, again, a really sweet moment where Jessica just like grabs onto him. And she's just so happy that he came to help. Mm-hmm. And at that exact moment, the rocks on building is attacked again. Yeah. <laughs> they cannot catch a break. There's bigger and so, things, man. There's bigger things. There's bigger things. Back of the Triskelion, Sue is going through Reed's entire plan, laying it out for everyone. And she knows what he's up to. She knows that he is wanting to essentially unlock the secrets of different dimensions so that he can remake the world in his own image. Which hmm. Calls back to that, uh, to that conversation that they had as well as robots plans and invincible. Yes. Very yes. interesting. Uh-huh. I did not make that comparison until Jacob did. And I uh, find that it, fascinating now. It was, it's a good call. It's the very mirror image of that a lot, kind of, in a sense. It's very it's a good fascinating. Call. All of a sudden, the Triskelion begins to rumble and it explodes. Which brings us to Ultimate Doom Chapter 3. Hell yeah. Uh, the several different sites of the attacks showing all of the carnage and all of the casualties. And cutting over to Invisible Woman, who got everybody out. Sue got everybody to safety. At least the people with names. 
Everybody who's a primary cast member. (laughs) (laughs) All the people who were first on the call sheet. (laughs) Sue is literally plot armor for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, she's able to convince Nova to bring them to Project Pegasus, where they see that the only person left is, of course, the Marvel Universe's own Charlie Brown, Wendell Vaughn. This poor fucking guy. This I mean, poor guy. He just poor Channing Tatum in this universe. Like, you know oh what? God. Yes. yes. <laughs> Who's just got such great sad sack energy. Like, <laughs> yes, he does. He's a good looking guy, but he'll never be a main character. But like, Jesus, he keeps getting cucked just everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, he sure does, doesn't he? Poor guy. So everyone's like, look, we need to figure out a way to beat him, but reed has satellites he can connect to everything he knows everything that we know we need a lab and then even though we were just bagging on him just now wendell vaughn lets us know well there's a research lab 10 stories below us a fact that not even nick fury knew yeah but it's kind of awesome wendell has worked at project pegasus for so long he knows the ins and outs of the facility so they all head down there Meanwhile, Spidey and uh, Spidey Woman are rescuing the Rocks on Scientists yet again. Um, Spider Man rescues this one scientist. He's like, hey, look, I got you. The guy's like, oh, God, not you. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely. (laughs) I just, I I love it. I love it. Um, as they are rescuing people, they find that uh, Otto Octavius is getting slowly crushed by whatever this thing is. Spidey wants to help him. Jessica doesn't because she rightfully says he has brought so much misery to literally everyone. Yeah. We have to let him die here. Like we have to let him die. Yeah. Like, Meanwhile, this is her at- Captain Kirk in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country moment. Great pull. Oh, man. Let them die. <laughs> yeah. Great pull. Yeah. Um, back at uh, Project Pegasus, everyone's kind of going over, you know, the plan, doing the research to try and beat Reed. And Johnny and Ben have this sweet little moment where he's like, hey, by the way, I'm in love with your sister. And <laughs> he's like, does she know? He's like, hell yeah. And he's like, all right, cool. And I I kind of love that Johnny's just on board with it immediately. Yeah. That's the thing. Ah. Oh, shit. Ah. It's beautiful. Got him. Oh, Got him. <laughs> I didn't even mean to. <laughs> but in Johnny's mind, like, who, who else would be more worthy of Sue Storm than Benjamin Grimm? Yeah. So back at the, uh, back at Roxxon, Spidey can essentially convinces Jessica that they need to help him and they pull Otto out of the rubble unfortunately and just in time for Johnny and Nova to show up Otto pledges to help them and they all head off as we come to the final chapter of the story um the last four chapters of this the ultimate doom chapters have this great like cover sequence yeah Brian Hitch Brian Hitch, the first cover, it's all one scene and it's all pieced together. And the first chapter is Nick Fury blasting some aliens and kind of what looks like a edge of tomorrow 
kind of suit, which is sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the second one is the spiders and Captain Marvel. The third one is the Fantastic Three. And then the last one is fucking Regis looking menacing as shit. Which, which I can awesome. only assume like was done with solicits in mind. Because like this is obviously the last of the solicits that's going to show up. Yes. And that solicit, unless I'm, you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, this solicit would go up around the time that Ultimate Mystery was wrapping. Yeah, so that, it would have been reveal, right after. Yes, it was right after. That reveal mm-hmm. gets the most secrecy and the most hype around it. Which uh-huh. I think is a really cool way to do that. Uh-huh. So we cut to the negative zone, specifically Quadrant 77, Undiscovered, where... Uh, the fucking Church of Universal Truth is holding a sermon, I guess. I mean, that's what it kind of looks like, right? That's what it looks like, fucking right? Beautiful cathedral, just in the middle Floating of nowhere. Cathedral. And we see uh, Reed Richards <laughs> with a proto maker helmet. Yeah, hard light maker helmet. That shit. See, why not just keep it this at this point? Like, I because love... it's cooler to have the full like heavy I know, thing. and I agree. I agree. I mean, listen, Hickman loves a skinny weirdo in a black suit and a metal helmet. He sure <laughs> does, doesn't he? He sure does. To me, my skinny black suited weirdos. I'm looking at my Xavier figure right now. I love it so much. <laughs> uh, why isn't there a maker figure? Why isn't there a maker Marvel Legends? There that? needs to be. There, there should needs be. to be. There should be a new ultimate line with oh, yes. Maker, Jessica Drew, Spider Woman. Mm-hmm. Updated. Let's do uh, Hawkeye. Let's uh, do Hawkeye. Um, pow- say, uh, Wonder Man, Strange? Ben Grimm. Yep. Um, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Ultimate Doctor Strange. Yeah, yep. Doctor Absolutely. Strange. And then one more. Um, ultimate Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I could fuck with that. That costume. And we all and that costume rules. Yeah. And the army builder or the the the, the you know build a figure could be the Kilowog. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, that's Hell awesome. yeah. That'd be sick. Marvel Legends, get back to us now. Or no, actually, instead of the uh, instead of the Deadpool, just Ultimate Nova. Oh yeah, duh. There you go. Yeah, that's better. That'd be sweet. That's actually. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or actually, we or could just, Ultimate we could just do Ultimate Captain Marvel. Absolutely. Mm. Or what? Ultimate or Ultimate Sue, because we don't have enough good Sue Storm figures. Honestly, there's not enough Sue Storm figures like, just just in general. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there we go. There, there's your Ultimates line, Marvel Legends. Get on it. You're welcome, Hasbro. Call me, please. Anytime. It's please. Uh, we see that... <laughs> We see that uh, the Fantastic Three have arrived and we get this great scene between Reed and Ben where Ben is just like, he's like, I just, he's like, what was the name of our eighth grade teacher who tried to kiss me? And Reed responds and he's like, okay, so you're not being mind controlled. You're not an imposter. It's really you. Okay, I'm going to put you in the ground now. And I, ugh, Ben Grimm rules. Ben Grimm fucking rules. I love this. And then and I love that Reed is like looking at him like, whoa, like, what is this? Like, <laughs> he's like, dude, I, he says, he says, listen, there's a place. For, like, I didn't attack you. Yeah. I attacked everybody else. It's like, no, like, I want you to be OK, Ben. Like, you're my guy. You're my, like, boy. You're my number one guy. You're my, boy, boy. You're my number one 
a guy. <laughs> Just and all of a ben sudden, gun. <laughs> ben gives him the gun and says it's clobbering time and wallops the guy. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that's when the ultimates that's finally the fucking arrive. They finally get here. Da, na, na, na. And <laughs> what a great the shit splash that is, too. A great splash. Uh, with our girl, Ultimate Wasp, who's yes. somehow here. Wait, what? Yeah. 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 Wasp is in there. Zoom in. She's right next to Ben. Yeah. It's weird. I don't get it either. She's there. Yeah. Um. Okay. So that should be. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't, <laughs> right? Because that that there is another wasp in Ultimate Avengers. That looks exactly like wearing Ultimate that costume. Van Dyne? Yeah. She she does she does not. She's she's a very different character. And she also doesn't wear that costume. She wears a costume that looks like 60s wasp from the 616. Um so that's interesting. I didn't even fucking notice her there. Yeah, it's it is quite interesting. That's uh, I should have done what Ben Grimm says on that page and look again. Look again. <laughs> <laughs> and so they proceed to kick the shit out of this nerd, and yes. we get two beautiful full page splashes of everybody just going ballroom blitz. I loved like the helicarrier is like crashing down. Yeah. <laughs> like, it looks like it's attacking Reed, but I, I know it's just like, it's just coming down and that's all. I just thought that was funny. I love that Sue from across the room makes a giant force field like battering ram fist and just with like spikes on it and fucking Reed in the face. (laughs) It's better than he deserves. It's way better than he deserves. Agreed. Uh, So the battle continues. Everybody's, you know, kung fu fighting. And as the uh, as the battle gets even more intense, fucking Johnny burns the shit out of Reed. That's absolutely roasts this man. And this was the moment that I was like, oh, that's why his face is all fucked up when he's the maker. Uh Uh-huh. I assume for years, listeners, ever since I read uh, Hickman's Ultimate Avengers as well as, or Hickman's Ultimates as well as Secret Wars, that this injury happened in the Ultimatum Wave. Because my understanding of the timeline, which again, isn't accurate, was Ultimate Wave happened, Reed's been gone, he pops up in Hickman's Ultimates run. Ah. I had no idea. I had no idea that this story happened. Interesting. So that that was my understanding of it for a while. And now I know differently now you know the rest of the story which is really really cool and so everyone is basically trying to shut off his machines even Otto is working on you know trying to reverse the stuff that reed had started uh reed is losing he is yeah. horribly losing the uh kilowogs are done with his bullshit uh meanwhile at a certain point nova zaps him, Spidey, and Captain Marvel to a elementary school for some reason. Yeah, it's Nova's element because he can't control his powers still. Yeah. He just teleports wherever he thinks. And so he just, I'm thinking about his fucking preschool. <laughs> like, 
What a, a weird what little a time kid. to think of, you know, just, just like it's a weird kid. I couldn't help it. It just popped in there. Yeah, <laughs> he like, literally is just that. Yeah. Why did you? Hmm. Uh, back at the uh, negative zone prison, we see the uh, system has been disrupted, which means the base is disappearing, which means they're at the mercy of the negative zone as yeah. everything is breaking apart. The dream is collapsing. It really, truly is. And Reed gives, you know, this, you know, big mea culpa of like you all you know broke this like you've doomed yourselves and he uses some uh terminology that i'm not a huge fan of that they yep. have uh done something to science they've uh-huh it. which is a very specific thing that it's he a very would do. incel thing it's very incelly yes and so he's like you know that and you know i'm right that's what kills me and he you know <laughs> ben's like no i'm pretty sure i am going to kill you that's johnny cool. johnny's about to oh it's johnny who says oh shit yeah. that's even cooler yeah <laughs> but ben like actually extends his hand out he says i will do everything in my power to help you and reed Aww. decides not he doesn't take his hand the, the the entire base explodes and reed is sent out into the negative zone as everyone escapes back atop the helicarrier back to the normal dimension. Uh, there's this great moment where everyone's like, okay, we need to uh, figure out what the hell's been going on with Nick Fury. And Nick's just like, no, you don't. And he, men in black, zaps them so that they forget he was ever there. As he fucking just dips out of the helicarrier. That out of the panel of him just fucking falling out. Just, just drops out. <laughs> That was some, that was some, so good. That was some DB Cooper shit that just That's like yes, <laughs> just DB Cooper's way out. Oh bye bye, <laughs> and so <laughs> yeet yeet he yeets himself out. <laughs> and so we cut back to uh, Otto Octavius uh, being interrogated, not just I, by. I, uh, I'm sorry, real quick before we right. get to that. It's really important at the bottom of that panel, what happens there at the bottom of this page, what happens there? Go ahead. Of after he eats out, after Nick Fury eats out, everyone's in there saying, what were we saying? And Jessica Drew says that we were all heroes and deserve medals. And then Carol Danvers says, actually, are you looking for a job? Jessica Drew goes on to be an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so we see that as Carol is interrogating Otto Octavius, she introduces him to the ultimate agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Yeah, Jessica yeah, Drew. I like that. I think that's Jessica Drew. Yeah, we'll fine. work on it. We'll work on it. Yeah, it's a work in progress. So it's, it's, it's a workshopping process. All of them were a workshopping progress. Exactly. Yes. So we'll, we'll get there eventually. But the, the process is starting now. Um... <laughs> It's very interesting, too, because this conversation is Carol about to dip into speaking of some ultimate bull or some invincible bullshit uh-huh. going to uh, recruit a mad scientist who uh-huh. thousands of lives at risk uh-huh. because it might be advantageous for her. Uh-huh. But the paperclip is ass. And so we cut back to outside the Triskelion. Uh, ben and Sue have this moment where Sue admits her love for him and not just that 
She says, our lives are what they are. Time is short. I love you. You love me. Benjamin, will you marry me? And of course he says yes. The two of them kiss, they embrace, and that's the end of the story. Or it would be. Because back in the negative zone, in the far reaches of this desolate dimension, the bits and pieces of the destroyed cathedral-like base sail across the infinite space. And among these pieces is one Reed Richards. And that's the end of the Ultimate Doomsday Trilogy. Um, gentlemen, uh, final thoughts on the story and what was your favorite part? Let's go to Jacob first. Uh, holy, holy interdimensional twist, Batman. This, uh, video, this, this volume was incredible. I really actually blew through this, like, within the first few days after we finished our podcast, uh, last week. Um, this is my favorite, uh, um, ultimate comics event really because like of, uh, of the few that i've read and everything like that i read the galactus stuff when really when it beats ultimatum, ultimatum for you i reread the <laughs> ultimatum yes yes absolutely i didn't I, what <laughs> what crazy that's weird I, honestly i'm just i'm just glad really purposely like uh uh ben Grimm was my favorite part of this entire book um i'm just glad that a title with a Fantastic Four calling itself Doomsday, that Doctor Doom was not involved whatsoever. I'm so happy <laughs> and so tired of that fucking cliche because every time a Fantastic Book, uh, Fantastic Four book comes out and it says Doomsday on the front, you're like, uh, they're gonna deal with Doctor Doom. All right, yeah, big whoop. This was just great. This was just uh, the ultimate Doctor Doom, I guess you could say, because it wasn't even. Uh, it wasn't even him himself. It was Reed the whole time. So that that was brilliant. I I love this. I love that this was like the beginning of the maker. I've always wanted to read about this and know about it. And uh, yeah, this was this was a great treat to just get into this. I loved this whole book. This was fun. Um, you you got everything. The, the, it's like what we said earlier. It was just um, this felt like a, 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 a what's his face? I, I forgot. The, we just mentioned is the director. What's his Cronenberg, um, Roland yeah, Emmerich. Yeah, there you go. But it felt like both of them like collaborated and wanted to do a Marvel like superhero book, and this is it. This is what yeah. became, became the result. And honestly, yeah, check this out if you get a chance because this is a very prominent uh, event in the Ultimate Comics that I think that is definitely deserve a read. For sure, Malcolm. Uh, yeah, it's it's a book that I've always been a fan of. Uh, I remember when this was coming out and like having no idea where it was gonna fucking go, and then getting that reveal of it being read and being like, "Holy shit, that's a bold choice!" Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you know, I my favorite part of this is Ultimate Mystery Number Four, just re recontexting those sequences in Reed's history to make you realize, "Oh shit, this has been a villain origin the whole time." It's it's the uh, <laughs> It's the bidding glass where they realize this isn't an origin story. It's a special edition. <laughs> it's an annual. <laughs> this is this actually is an origin. This is the villain origin instead. Um, but yeah, I I love this book. I think it's super fun. Like it's a crazy big event. Um, 
featuring a literal and before the term was even a term, but a literal glow up for Ben Grimm, yes. which is kind of awesome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I love it. It's just a, it's a big Ben Grimm and Jessica Drew and Susan Storm story. That's it. And that's awesome. Like, that's so fun. Really? Um, yeah, this is this is exactly how I wanted my ultimate books to be. Uh, yeah, I wish that more of them were like this. And I think the ultimate comics era has a lot of really good ultimate comics. Um, between this and we've spoken before about Ultimate Comics X, which I actually just reread last week and still is really fucking good. Um, the only good thing uh, uh, that I could say about the X-Men line at that time. Uh, <laughs> Yikes. Uh, you know, from Art Adams, beautiful Art Adams art and uh, written by Art Adams too, which is awesome. Um, oh, you he know, wrote but it too? No, no. I mean, not, not at Oh. Ult- yeah. Ultimate X is written by, you know. Got it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was doing your bit. Thanks. Thanks. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just appreciate that I have a bit. Yeah. You have uh. a bit. It's good. Um, but yeah, I, I love Ultimate Comics from this period. I think it's super interesting stuff. And this this just continues that, man. It's it's so fun. What a great read. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with both of you guys. I actually really, really enjoyed this. The mystery of it, the just the melding of all the different tones of the teams the ultimates the spidey family the fantastic four like it was genuinely a fantastic four book with a co-lead by jessica drew which i love Mm -hmm. uh we love jessica drew on this book club um she's a goddamn treasure she's a goddamn national treasure god damn national and i i loved my favorite part was anything involving her like i loved the conversation she had with pete i loved her really stepping into her own and kind of seizing that it's it was i don't know it was i love jessica drew stories i hope sincerely that we get more stories focused on her through this read through and i'm very excited to continue on this story um but yeah, that is Ultimate Doomsday. Before we get into next week's books, though, we got a couple emails, which means, uh, Malcolm, what time is it? It's the mail time, mail time, it's the mail time. Nice. So Danny Rojas on the brain. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Comics is life. And if you want to be part, it's also death. (laughs) If you want to be part of the Geeksplained Book Club mailbag, just send your emails to geeksplained at gmail.com and put book club or ultimate mailbag in the subject header, and we will read them here. Our first uh, email comes from Brylixon, who uh, gave us that amazing uh, Trinity game pitch from last week that we all had a ton of fun with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He writes, it's a It's really heartwarming that y'all enjoyed my Trinity pitch and it actually made me tear up a little. Thank you for encouraging my little love letter to my favorite triage. So, another game question. Do you think the Avengers by Crystal Dynamics could be salvaged for another installment? I feel as though that an installment could introduce the combat from FF7 Remake as it makes better sense. Like, imagine Hank and Janet as a Yuffie and Sonnen-esque duo character that combos into each other. Imagine the roster of every iteration of the Avengers and their villains. Like, imagine having to fight Graviton, Count Nefaria, Shadowbase from the excellent Immortal Hulk run. More locations could be added like Kunlun, the Savage Land, the Sanctum Sanctorum, or finally having Avengers Mansion as your base instead of just another generic science base. 
let me pitch you a sequel story and let me know if you want to play a game with a premise like this. Uh, so before he dives into that premise, uh, what do you guys think? Because I'll say in my personal opinion, no, I don't think it could be salvaged because they have a very distinct um, view of this game. The development team does, and I don't think they want to change it. I don't think yeah. uh, as much as I would love to get what you're describing, because I yeah, love with that whole chest uh, FF seven remake. Yeah. Um, I don't think that they would, even though it is the same company somehow, somehow, um, yeah. I don't think they'd go in that direction. I don't, it would be too much of a change for them. And right now they're just focused on releasing costumes that should have been in the game already. And Ugh, as no, much as that, it's, Hawkeye. that Hawkeye costume makes me so mad because we should have uh, had this costume when that character re- anyway um mm-hmm. <laughs> i i don't i don't think that that's the direction that they want to go there are other avengers games in the works even though many people aren't excited about it i'm still super hyped for midnight suns um but i think if they to make the game that they that you're describing they would have to build a new game um they are really interested in dipping any further into comics than the costumes and unfortunately i don't think that there's any salvaging that what do you guys think about that part of the email yeah i i don't think there's really any salvaging that game it, it you know it's such a bummer because i i was incredibly excited for that game and i Same. think there are things about the game that work really well i like the I like the difference between characters. I think that each character plays differently in a, or each character type, I should say, plays differently in a really nice way. Um, you know, I, I really, I think that main campaign is great. Like it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. It's just that there's nothing afterwards. It's all so repetitive. Yeah. And Crystal Dynamics is so set on just keeping it like that. Every time they're like, oh, we got a new, you know, a new challenge going on. It's still the same exact bullshit. It's just daily like, challenges. It's just, it, and it sucks. It's such a bummer. I'm close to getting all the trophies on that game. And I, Oof. every time I boot it up, I'm just like, nah, I don't really want to fucking do this. Like- <laughs> yeah. Dude, they, the best that they got after that was the War for Wakanda. And like, and, and yeah. yes. And that kind of, I, I, I don't, I don't love that Panther. Really? I don't love that Panther. Not and I love Christopher, Christopher Judge. Judge. I think Christopher Judge is wonderful, man. I'm playing God of War again right now. And God, I was Hell in yeah. I was in like fucking tears last night. Again. I think that's such a great performance. Ugh. Nice. Uh, but I don't love his Panther, and I don't love the mechanics of how they did Panther. Interesting. I think he I think he handles a little wonky. He's not as bad as Spider-Man, which Spider-Man Absolutely is not. fucking Spider-Man terrible. is god awful in that like unbelievable how bad they fucked up that character especially because we know that there's a better spider-man game and i think that's the problem i i think that's the thing i i wouldn't want another crystal dynamics avengers game in the first place yeah um give me some honestly give me something kind of like overwatch but for the the avengers or for like genuinely would love i think that would be super fun heroes and villains heroes and villains like let's do that like that would be super fun i think that's the next place that you go with an avengers kind of game yeah um i absolutely agree and overwatch would be great jacob you have any thoughts i know you're not a big avengers game fan well um genuinely i thought the the way they should have had an Avengers game back when the MCU, the Avengers, first Avengers movie came out because when I found out that there were 
they were they when asked about that they were like oh yeah we 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 totally we totally didn't we forgot we've got to make a game based on the movie sorry guys they had one yeah but it didn't like it, yeah it didn't but they just further. like but they abandoned it, it. it yeah. Yeah, they just, yeah it just wasn't it didn't come out in time and yeah all that stuff. i mean it probably would have been bad to Honestly, be honest i don't know the stuff that we saw from it like it yeah. looks it looks it, all right it looks pretty good it. it just was it too, kind of too now that you mentioned it, it it kind of looked very overwatch-esque yeah yeah very I don't much even remember. I but for me up. if they were gonna re uh, yeah i i kind of agree with both of you just in the sense like honestly if they were gonna make another avengers game make it like the lego avengers uh the marvel game hell that came yes out. the best That's avengers what I want. dude i was shocked that when they did the whole d23 games presentation we didn't get lego marvel's the event the infinity saga yeah like like what what a surprising yeah so this is the uh second part of his email he writes let me pitch you a sequel story and let me know if you would want to play a game with the premise like this i feel young avengers slash avengers academy could be introduced as a plot point as kamala khan tries to establish an open relationship between the private and public of the superhuman civilian community as the kree scroll war rages on as earth becomes a demilitarized zone Meanwhile, the Inhuman Royal Family and the Eternals make their moves, respectively, as the consequences of the first game are addressed. With the Avengers struggling to convince the public to put their trust into them again, this game of optics is challenged as Baron Zemo and his Masters of Evil make their ruse to the public, or their rise Ooh. to the public. That excellent Karen Gillan run is really an influence as to my inclusion of them. The story primarily centers around the younger generation as the not-so-great story of the first game could be reinterpreted as the failures of the older generation and the younger generation having to come up with a modern solution in this ever-changing modern world. And it culminates into an intervention of the Kree Skrull War as Earth becomes the final place to determine who wins. So again, we we mentioned before the story was the best part of the game. Uh, yes. So I think we disagree yes. in that in that range. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Also, so that sounds fucking cool. It sounds great. It's a lot, a lot yeah. being pushed into one game. Video games um, should be a lot. It should. You're not wrong. I just finished uh, Horizon Forbidden West, and that was 85 hours of my life. A fucking um, brilliant video game. Brilliant <laughs> yeah. game. Brilliant pair of games, and I can't wait for the third one. Whenever brilliant pair of games. Can't wait for the third one. And it goes in hand of what we're what Eric and I are playing D and D. Yeah, absolutely, it does. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I. You know I love me some Black Bolt, so anything involving the Inhuman Royal Family, I'm in for. Um, I actually think the premise of a Young Avengers game feeds into the idea of that Overwatch story yeah. that we were thinking of. Mm -hmm. That's that sounds like it could be really really cool. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a lightning round for this one because he mentions at the end for Eric and company, can you pitch a new cast of voice actors for the main Avengers? Because with the exception of Kamala, I don't like the selection of VOs as it didn't fit. Also because my pool of knowledge of voice acting is limited. I am going to say with the exception of Nolan North as Tony Stark, I actually really loved everyone in the roles that they were in. Same. Um, oh, Travis, interesting. I actually really like Nolan North as Tony Stark. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's just because all I hear is Nolan North at this point. That's that um, is a problem. But he's he's a perfect fit for the type of character yeah. that Tony is. But you're just hearing Nathan Drake being. You're like, just hearing Nathan that's, Drake. That's the thing. Yeah, you're just hearing Drake. pretty much just like talking to like Captain America, and you're yeah. like, why is Nathan Drake in this game? I yeah, love I kind of like actor that. for Captain <laughs> for Cap. I thought he was great. 
great. I thought he got better. I think he got better throughout the game. Interesting. At first, like he he's a little rocky, but I think he gets better throughout the game. And then then honestly, does a very good like Brian Bloom. (laughs) That was funny. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) I I think he does a very good like Brian Bloom impersonation. I kind of wish it was just Brian Bloom. Brian Bloom. They should have just brought back the cast like they did in Ultimate Alliance Three. That is actually what I was going to say was that they should just bring in the cast from uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Yeah. Yes. easily yes. like that like, cast i think is pitch perfect oh yeah. though i do love travis willingham's thor I'm in this same. game it's my, yeah. i love it, his it's, thor it's the voice i hear every time yeah, yeah. that's so good. i get that it's really it's, really a, good. it's a good voice yeah so Bry, i think we all unanimously just say avengers earth's mightiest heroes bring yeah. that cast back yes yeah. uh we also got an email from good brother adam stringfellow adam Adam writes, hey team, hope y'all are doing well and having a good week so far. I dot 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 suppose I can forgive Jacob and Malcolm for liking All-Star Batman and Robin, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) He writes, say you like The Dark Knight Strikes Again or Spider-Man Rain and I'm quitting this podcast. (laughs) Uh, Don't. Don't. We're moving on with the email. He writes, for my question this week, I wanted to ask y'all this don't uh what are your favorite interpretations of peter parker for me i have three spectacular spider-man spider-man ps4 and peter b parker from into the spider-verse all three of these i think define peter the best at different stages of his life spectacular does an amazing job of a peter just starting out and is an excellent blend of 616 and ultimate peter spider-man ps4 shows a peter in his mid-20s who's in the prime of his career spider-man and still remains his charm still retains his charm and caring nature and peter b parker shows what i think is a pretty natural tragedy for an older peter in the twilight of his career while his story isn't dark or gritty it shows how a life of being spider-man can be taxing to someone throughout their life peter had to grow up a lot faster than most people should from being spidey at 15 so it makes sense that by the time he's in his 40s he'd be burnt out in many aspects of his life Anyway, those are just my favorite versions since we're talking about Spidey and would love to hear y'all's. Take care, team. Till next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. All the best and much more. Adam. So I'm going to ask Jacob first. What is your favorite interpretation of Peter Parker? Oh, boy. Um, There are so many versions of this character. Um... I really, hmm, you know, what was the first thing that popped in my head because you mm. mentioned like the video games and stuff like that. I really love, um, what is it? Reno Romano as Peter Park, as Spider-Man in the Spider-Man PS1 game. Interesting. I've always, even, even I've always loved his voice. Was that I, him? That was yeah. him. Yeah. They brought Reno Romano back for, from uh, Spider-Man Unlimited for that game. Yeah. 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 Oh my God! Yeah. Wait, that's him in Spider-Man Unlimited? Yes. Yeah. Did you not know that? No, I did not. Yeah, I just Rito know him Romano. as Batman. Yeah. So that's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Rito yeah. Romano is a hell of a voice actor. He's been that, everywhere. You know what? That's it. Uh, yeah. Rito Romano in PS1 Spider-Man, as well as the second one, the Spider-Man Two PS1 game. Yeah. And spider-man unlimited you know what that yeah that great interpretation under, it's an, a great interpretation of that character and it's very underrated and i i love i loved his take on spider-man more than batman just because like it felt like he was being 
Christian, uh, like a voice actor of Christian Bale as Batman, you know, because yeah. that was happening during that time. So, That's why I love his Batman. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I everybody does. I love his Batman. And but I loved in a, I love in a Spider Man so much more. It's it, I I love I, that's the voice great I pick. kind of hear. Uh, that's a great, great pick. pick. Yeah, yeah. Malcolm. Um, my favorite version is always going to be Ultimate Peter Parker. Fair. Uh, yes. That's the guy that I grew up with. That's the guy that I that he brought me to all of this. Um, so that's always going to be my favorite version. That said, uh. An incredibly, incredibly close second is Dan Slott's interpretation on Spider-Man. Love it. Um, because Dan Slott is... I, I love Dan Slott's run. His massive, ongoing, and continuing run on Spider-Man. Because yes. Dan Slott is the only person who is interested in writing Spider-Man comics and evolving that character. And mm. keeping that being the status quo. <laughs> Yes, and Fair keep enough. evolving that character yes. and keep giving him things and taking him out of just being the down on his luck guy who has to get his aunt meds yeah. and has to choose between doing the right thing and doing the right thing. Like yeah. he's but the only person who's interested in exploding. Rip. that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Dan Slott found such a great way to, to elevate with great power comes great responsibility yeah. and give him greater power and give him greater responsibility and then give him even greater responsibility. Sure. And taking that away, and it, I, I, I love that treatment of that character. I, I think his run is very brave because ev everyone hates it for that reason. Because he's yeah. the only person who doesn't make him, you know. And everyone bitches, oh, Parker Industries is stupid. Oh, Superior Spider-Man is stupid. And like that's that's not the case. What it is is just changing the character finally after fucking fifty something years. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I, I think he's a very close second for me. Uh, if we're talking like voice acting wise, though, yeah. Do, do you have uh, a non comics? Yuri Lawrenthal, man, my guy. Fuck, oh, my fuck. God. I mean, Jesus Christ, right? The last thirty minutes of PS4 Spider Man. I I'm actually tearing up just thinking about it because yeah. it fucking wrecked me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that yeah. last conflict and then the last bit with May is so so impactful uh i i think that performance is that is a gorgeous performance yes and i incredible. miss the old face because i think it worked better with the old face agreed yeah. agreed with that yeah. like, after I'm, replaying the remaster i i think it just works better with the old face mm -hmm. yeah i agree i think mm -hmm. it's it's going to be interesting to see how that is for spider-man 2 yeah. because the, the technology is going to be better yeah, I just don't like that they pick someone who looks very Tom Holland esque. I, I, it just, it just made wrong. me mad because like the new face made it look like Miles and him are the same age, and then with, uh, but with the old face, it looks like, <laughs> oh look, he's like, it looks like someone who's old. like twenty six, yeah, yes. like mid twenties. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, somebody who's had had experience being Spider Man. Yeah, you know? <laughs> as opposed to, hey, I'm Tom Holland. I'm just, I'm just, uh, you know. 18 as opposed to 16 like i am in the movies <laughs> yeah um my my favorite interpretation of spider-man is uh a little known version uh, i've never talked about it on the podcast before um he's not one that gets a whole lot of play um it's superior spider-man superior yeah. spider-man is the best spider-man <laughs> 
Um, and his name's Superior Spider-Man. <laughs> no, I, I do love that book with my whole heart. Um, yeah. But my, my favorite like non-comics interpretation of the character is uh, Peter B. Parker. I love him to death. He's exactly how I picture Spider-Man. That's the voice that I hear. Um, I just, I love tired Peter Parker. I love yeah. tired yeah. Peter. The moment where he just goes, oh, I'm so tired. Um, it's just so like that's peter parker to me i love that that peter parker steps right out of straczynski's run that is like old jaded straczynski run peter parker which i love that run too who's also like a a public school teacher yeah like Like, that is that peter parker Parker. and that's cool as shit (laughs) sorry that was that's my favorite comic spider-man i should say that that hell yeah nice hell yeah that is good pick yeah, there's like two bad thing. stories there but otherwise like it, yeah and and one more day is not one of them Listen one more day is not one of them exactly. one of more day is a great story yes the implications after it are not great but the story as a peter parker and mary jane story is very good is yeah. a great story uh, shout out to uh comic book couples counseling who convinced me to through their episode to reread that and realize how good that story is i will have to listen to that episode I'm, great I'm episode from that podcast stuff and i love it great stuff uh they're incredible yeah um, they are but incredible. yeah peter b parker uh i love that interpretation i love like his design uh jake johnson missed out by maybe six or seven years to be a live action peter parker and like his energy is just so just tired millennial yeah that's my peter parker um yeah i love him i love him uh and because it is adam's emails he's got a ps for us uh he writes to pull the curtains back a bit on me one of my favorite hobbies to do is draw slash redesign comic book characters i included a few here that i thought you might enjoy so let me know what you think for some reason i can't attach them and he did send an email that i am i'm just gonna go ahead and share the screen real quick this isn't going to do anything for you audio listeners but oh yeah so he's got a Superman design that looks really nice. I love the belt. Hell yeah. I always love it. No red undies. It's funny. Uh, the Wonder Woman design, which pulls from the animated New 52 design, which I think mm. is underrated. With yeah, the collar. Yeah. yeah, I think that's an underrated design. Oh, agreed. He's got Spider-Man there. Ooh. I like that with the black trim. I like mm-hmm. that. It's very uh, Ultimate Alliance 3, which I yeah. like. This yeah. one's my favorite. This Wolverine design. Uh, well, yeah, you got yep. the, the, the brown yellow, and yeah. yellow is my favorite, and I love. I really, really dig. The, like this is something I could see myself cosplaying. Like, yes. I love this design. Yes. that's a that's a good way to do like the MCU suit if they yeah. do yes. Wolverine and they put him in suit. Like I, I like how tactical that looks. That's this is a Green Goblin that I can only assume is modeled after the uh, the PS4 game with that helmet that you find. Fuck, yeah, yeah, that's tight. That is Doc Ock. Oh, again, nice. great PS4 game. Uh, I really dig PS4. that. I like that. It. Daredevil's great. Ooh. Yep. The no eyes, I think, is a. I like really the no cool eyes. Choice. I like the that's no eyes. That's fucked up. Yeah, that's scary. Iron Man. Yeah. Model kind of off of the current suit, which is Always the best suit. Hell yeah. Nightwing. Ooh. Taking some Hold Arkham, up. taking some Young Justice inspiration, which I love. Really, I like really that. that. That looks good. Batman Beyond, iconic. Nice. Wow. Like the no mouth. It's fucking terrifying. And the red eyes is an interesting choice, too. Mm -hmm. Red eyes is a good choice. I like that. And then classic Batman combining Rebirth and the animated series. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's a good idea. I, I like prefer that. purple underneath my Batman cape, but the blue is very strong. Me too! Uh, Adam, great stuff on this. Yeah, um, hell yeah. Sick. Designs are great. Again, for listeners, you have no idea what we're saying, but they're very, very good. Take yeah. our word for it. Great, great stuff. But hell yeah. Also, real good. quick, Adam, while we have you, I know yes. a couple weeks ago we were giving uh, some TV recommendations, and I don't remember if I mentioned it or not. I doubt I did because I just started watching it like a week or so ago, and I'm up to season three now. Have you guys watched Miracle Workers? No. No. Miracle Workers is a half hour TBS comedy um, starring Daniel Radcliffe and Steve Buscemi. Oh, yes. Uh, yes that each season this. is a different vibe. So the first season, uh, Steve Buscemi plays God and Daniel what? Radcliffe works in the prayers department okay. uh, of Heaven, Inc. Uh, the second season is a uh, is uh, Dark Ages. So it's yeah. all Dark Ages era where like Daniel Radcliffe is a king uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or I'm sorry, a prince and Peter Serafanowicz is the king. Um, and then the third season, which I'm on now is Oregon trail. That's it awesome. is unbelievably good. I for huh. some reason thought that show was like uh, an American version of black adder. I thought that with, with Danny Radcliffe, I thought they, Oh, remade, interesting. I thought they remade black adder, but interesting. I, yeah. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. It, it's, that's fair, actually. <laughs> um, it's it's fantastic. It's it's unbelievable. I I love it. Uh, it's super funny. Um, it's got like a really great sense of humor, but it's also a really nice short episode since it was on like actual TV. Each episode is nineteen to twenty one minutes long. Nice. <laughs> awesome. uh, it's great. I was able to blow through most of it so fast, and like I said, I'm up to season three now. And each season's like less than twelve episodes. Like, yeah, it's great. So, uh, Adam, if you need another uh, feel-good watch, watch Miracle Workers. You can watch it on your Hobo Max. Um, it's fantastic. Also, we brought it up a second ago. Did we? Did we mention Ted Lasso? I think we. I don't remember if we mentioned Ted Lasso. I don't remember if we did or not. But yeah. watch Ted Lasso. I know it's cool this week for everyone online to shit on Ted Lasso because I don't know they think what that, they're thinking. Which, like, listen, I love Barry. I think Barry's fan fucking tastic. Barry's great. But Don't nothing makes me feel the way that Ted Lasso does. Don't watch that for a feel-good story. Yeah. But yeah. Ted, Ted yeah. Lasso is life-changing. Yeah. It is. Like, it is. It's incredible. That's a yeah. Superman story. That is a Superman it's story. It's a Superman story. Ted Lasso is Clark Kent. They, they should just say that Ted is actually from Smallville. Like, that would, that like, would actually would make, make me really happy. It would make all the sense in the world <laughs> if Ted was from Smallville. And his wife is from Metropolis. That's what... Like, Fuck. There it is. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, that'd be really good. That's okay. Listen, 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 listen. Executives of Warner Brothers, I know you listen to this podcast every so often because you want ideas and you want people who are actually passionate about the shit that you make. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about people not, you know, feeling that Superman's relevant. Just say, hey, it's Ted Lasso, but with superheroes. Like, that's all. That's all you need. That's all, that's all you need. It's right there. Just call me. Just call me. It's right I'll there. make Superman for you. Just do it. It's I right won't, there. I won't even do it. Like, I'll do it for scale. I'll, I, also, I, I, I won't. I won't. Hey, Warner Brothers, uh, go ahead and call Eric anyway because he'd be perfect to play your new Steve Lombard. Yeah. Get him in his fucking Steve Lombard. That'd be awesome. They, they've probably already cast that. That'd be uh, awesome. Hey, but, I, I, but it doesn't matter. You can recast. Look at that. <laughs> I'm sure the actor they cast is fantastic. But uh, This is me saying this, but I don't care. <laughs> It, he may be he may be fantastic but he won't be perfect exactly so um <laughs> everybody again, needs an azana under their belt <laughs> whoa 
I and mean, that was, um, and that was yes. it's slobbering time with Malcolm Russell Nelson. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, before this goes off the rails, uh, again, if you want to be part of the Geeksplain mailbag, send your emails to geeksplain at gmail.com. Put ultimate mailbag or book club mailbag in the subject header and we will read it on the show. Thank you to Bri and to Adam for writing in. Next Thanks, week. Fellas. Next week, we are back on the Ultimate Comics train because we are heading into Ultimate Comics Spider-Man Volume 3, aka death of spider-man prelude i and hate that they call it that i do too i don't like that it's at a, all it's a terrible time. it spoils it like, yeah. it doesn't um, fit the story at all it is uh issues 15 as well as 150 through 155 mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the synopsis goes like this superhero school is in session it's after school superhero training courtesy of the ultimates While Spider-Man takes notes from Iron Man, Mysterio and the Black Cat vie for possession of a mysterious artifact from the archives of the former Kingpin of Crime. Can they prevent the artifact from falling into the wrong hands? So this is basically just the ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. This is where they got the idea for the ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. It's absolutely this volume. This volume is a lot of fun. Um, I read ahead. Uh, (laughs) This volume is a lot of fun. You reading ahead? I know, shudder at the thought, right? Yeah. Uh, It's it's a lot of fun. It's very interesting, especially knowing that Death of the Ultimate Spider-Man is right behind it. Because, you know, you you feel like this is something that could go on for a while. And then it won't. (laughs) Well, on that note, uh, we'll see you next week. Remember, uh, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man Volume 3, that's issues 15 and 150 through 155, because we're back to legacy numbers. Legacy, baby. Uh, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man Volume 3, Death of Spider-Man Prelude, a.k.a. It's it's school and clobbering time, baby. It's school and time, yeah. So tune in for that next week. Same geek time, same geek channel. Be there or be square. Not a circle, Mike. But for now, for the Explained Book Club, I've been Eric Azana. I am Malcolm Russell Nelson. And I am Jacob Brown. Why did you say it like that? And we will see you next time. Uh, I wish I was a maker. (laughs) You would be a great breakfast.
Everything's turning black. Still don't know how.